You are listening to the Savage Fincast, episode 57, Dimension Ex-Girlfriend. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast, the show that was Hydra all along. I am Jim Purcell. I'm still sleeping. I mean, I'm Craig Olson. <laughs> and I'm Raven Perez. And we are back again with a new episode of the Savage Fincast, where this episode we'll be talking about Savage Dragon 223, the latest issue. Oh, mm, too good. Yeah. This is going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. When that cover dropped, I was really excited about this issue. Buckle up. It's, 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 you're in for a ride, this Fincast. Is this so, a good uh, issue? That's all. I'm just saying, before we even, I mean, get started, what a treat ahead. Way to bias our viewers. I know. Sorry, guys. <laughs> now it's all let down from here on out. We've just as, typed it up. As we pick it apart and hate it <laughs> in the end. So, first I gotta just say that uh, I took a little trip to Pittsburgh last weekend. Oh, yes. Uh-oh. Exciting times, I heard. Bumped into a shady character, the world's tallest midget. A lot of dangerous, <laughs> a lot of dangerous element in Pittsburgh. You never know who you'll run into. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I met you, Raven, for the first time. Uh, <laughs> it was a kind of a letdown, but <laughs> not not as cool as on TV. <laughs> I fart it when I laugh. A lot cooler. Yeah. Uh, no, but it's been five years since we've been talking Savage Dragon on the FinCast and. Uh, finally met face to face which was kind of a cool thing and uh it was just like the movies we were both like you know backing up looking at our you know smartphones like where is he where is he and then we bumped <laughs> each other and turned around uh no what really happens you scare the <laughs> shit out of me so uh we're texting or whatever and he's like oh i'm at your hotel i was out with my wife and i'm like i'll be back in a minute and we were uh, walking on our way to the hotel, walk inside the lobby, and I'm looking at the woman behind the counter. And out of nowhere, this dude jumps out and yells, what you say, Savage I, Dragon or something? I jumped out from behind a column and yelled, Savage Dragon. And like, I jumped like five feet. <laughs> Craig assumes his judo chop <laughs> position. <laughs> I don't know what the hotel staff was thinking, but... She laughed because she knew, like, I super narked, I was like... Hiding like a creeper. Yeah, yeah, I was, I, I told her, I was like, I'm waiting on a, I'm waiting on a guest. That's all I said, and I had this, like, mysterious box with me. Could have been an assassination <laughs> attempt for all she knew. <laughs> she was like, okay, and just looked back into her, I'm sure she was playing, like, you know, Peggle on her smartphone or something, just out of sight. Jesus, Raven, <laughs> what year do you think this is? <laughs> <laughs> she was a retro kind of gal. Uh, but it was, it was good. And then the funny thing is, you know, so, um, my wife and I had dinner reservations like two hours later. So we had two hours to kill with Raven and we're like, Oh, what do you want to do? And 
I didn't know if you drank or not. But then you're like, let's go get a drink. And I'm like, okay, this guy really wants to drink. He seems excited about drinking. So, all right, well, you know, I'm down to drink anytime. So he brings us to a bar, and then I order a beer. My wife orders a cider. The waitress or so the bartender goes to Raven, and he's like, uh, I'll have a Mountain Dew. Nice. I'm like, oh, I thought this guy wanted to drink. And I, then he's like, no, I don't drink. I, I, I recall him telling me that at some point. But you seemed like so hyped on it. Yeah, he really wanted I that Mountain Dew. He was like, let's get you guys liquored up. Where do you want to go? Fountain <laughs> drinks are the best at bars. Because <laughs> they're free. The dangerous element. My wife was just like, after, she's like, we could have just gone to a coffee shop. I was like, yeah, I know. I don't no, know. I hate coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, it's more fun. It was a more fun atmosphere than a coffee shop, you know? Yeah, it's true. It was bar and fries. We had fries. It was good. We screamed God. over uh, sports TV. It was the bomb. We uh, spoke in Yinzer speak. Mm-hmm. I, I uh, gave him the tour of everything, you know. Jeet uh, yet, all those uh, sweet Pittsburgh turns of phrases. <laughs> Raven had no idea where he was going in the city. Uh, we uh, random, we rando bumped into. P- I was like, Pittsburgh is real small, and like a dude <laughs> on the corner turns around, and was like, "Hey, Raven." I was like, "What?" <laughs> Yeah, see? <laughs> and he's like, do you know where you're going, Raven's right? like, yeah, uh, just over here. And the guy's like, no, it's not over there. It's over here. And then we walk, we start walking. He's like, no, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> Sorry, Raven, not to blow up your spot. It's all good, narc. You narc me out. And I just assumed, like, all the artists in Pittsburgh got together and just hung out in a gang, like Tom Scholey and Jim Rugg and Ed Pisker, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of let down when, you know, and even <laughs> – Dandy Don Simpson. I thought you guys were just rolling like a tight comics gang, but we're just not allowed to talk about it. Yeah, that's the thing. Like when you asked, I, I was sort of like, "Oh shit, I'm in trouble." He's asking <laughs> about the secret comic artist club. I, I, I can't. I dare not say anything. <laughs> He'll want to see it next. You know? How do I? How do I divert? Divert? So I, I've I always, and... I've always assumed it. Uh, Pittsburgh was some sort of Mad Max dystopia. It is. That's not far <laughs> from the just bridges. Nah, I... It's a, a gorgeous city. I tell you what, I'd never been. My wife and I live in Philadelphia. It was like, I don't know, a six hour drive or something, but it's a real easy drive because it's all like the back country to get there. And so we decided just to go for a weekend and it was fun. You have a nice, it's, it's a nice city. It's clean and it's, you know, there's, you can walk everywhere. It's, it's just, it's a cool city. So if you live close, close enough to take the drive, I would definitely suggest going to visit raven i'll, I'll knock come on out. his door bring him some pizza i'll come out for a pizza he's only, he's only available between like 3 a.m and like <laughs> 9 a.m or no is it no you're you're working between those hours but then you're sleeping and then you're working on your comics so there's a small window right between uh, maybe four and five or something like that essentially i am uh, awake more hours of the day than asleep. So there's a good chance you'll get me. I'll, I'll be around. And I'm always down. You know, it's funny is you say that as a joke, but I'm always down to hook up with a Savage Dragon <laughs> fan. Show him a good time. Come to the Steel City. We'll talk Savage Dragon. Nerd it up. I got to say one last thing. One of the coolest things, and you can shush me if I can't talk about it. You can say uh, whatever right. you want. He, uh, Raven, uh, Raven shared with me the pages for a backup he's doing in 225. I think it's like <laughs> a seven page backup, which is 
absolutely fantastic. It's it's it plays right to your strengths. The characters that you use. I'm not going to talk about it at all because I don't want to spoil anything. I will keep it a secret. <laughs> but your backgrounds on that. I mean, I've been staring at it and just amazed. Um, you just you did an awesome job, and I, I'm so glad that like Eric gave you those characters to play with because it just really plays up to your strengths and the backgrounds you put in were just amazing. And then, you know, I thought he was just bringing these box. I mean, he gave me the box. I thought it was just to kind of look at his pages. And then you ended up gifting me the pages, which totally dropped my jaw. My my wife was like, <laughs> you look like you were going to cry. Big sissy nose. But uh, she I was just it. shocked. Dear listeners, she said it while Craig was standing there. She's like, are you going <laughs> to cry? <laughs> It's like, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> She's a ball buster. Well, were, you, were you just giving them out to homeless people if Craig hasn't showed, hadn't shown up? If he hadn't shown up, the next stop was the trash. I, well, that's okay. I was like, I can't okay, take Wyatt. these. Okay, Wyatt. Yeah, I was like, I can't Oddly. take these. <laughs> I was like, I'll take one. And he was like, no, no, if I keep them, I'll just use them as a napkin or something. Well, the, the really, like, the truth is, is that... Um, Normal comics are created uh, with a ratio that fits perfectly on 11 by 17 paper. You know, of course, you can make them as big or as small as you want. But uh, if you work on 11 by 17, you're kind of, you know, boom, you just fall right into that, you know, ratio that reduces nicely for normal, typical American standard comic sizes. Uh, being a weirdo that I am, I don't work in that size. I work on letter size, eight and a half by eleven, which doesn't really reduce too awesome. There's a fix you can do. You can work on less than the full eight and a half by eleven, and it'll reduce right. Or you can but have as, really big margins. Yeah, or, or or bingo, or you can print on the page and just have giant, and it's huge. It ends up being like an inch and a half at the top and bottom of empty space. It doesn't look good, right? So here are these 11 by 17 pages that I've got. Like, literally, I don't have any storage means for them. They're just sitting around. Like, I eat right where I draw. And I was joking with Craig about, like, getting chili and salsa on them. But it was not a joke. There have been so many times those pages have almost been destroyed already. So, yeah. uh, And it was funny because Craig was like, oh, God. He said, uh. He said, I can't tell Jim. And I said, I said, you could tell Jim. I said, because when I see Jim, I got enough. I said, I got something for Jim, too. Nice. Jim, you see. You don't need to get anything from me, Raven. You can't stop me, bro. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I just, it, no, really, like, just I appreciate. I had a lot of fun talking, you know, on the FinCast. And even if that's all that ever happened, that is good enough for me. Like Craig said, we were met and he was like trying to convey to his wife. He was like, well, you know, we just don't really get to talk Savage Dragon. Like it's hard to talk Savage Dragon. So you get to talk Savage Dragon with these guys. It's just a fun thing. So even if that's all it was, cool. But I can't help but think that this maybe helped put a certain unknown guy on Eric's radar to get a shot to do a backup. So that was just. My I haven't side. been offered anything, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Give it time. You are the new writer for Savage Dragon. <laughs> That's the dream. <laughs> A bold new direction. 
Uh, but any rate, yeah, it was, yeah. Just, it was just a thanks. Thanks for the opportunity. It's always a lot of fun. And uh, again, I'm an artist, so I draw every single day of my life. It's just the least I can do. It'd be like if you went to a plumber's house and he gave you a toilet, you'd be like, well, <laughs> you're a plumber. So that makes sense. Got spares. Got him. Got shoes. I got it. I have to say, though, I mean, really, the listeners out there, you guys are in for a treat with with Raven's backup. Like, I can't wait to see it in color on 225 with the letters. I mean, it's amazing. It, you can tell what makes an amazing backup to our when an artist is a fan of the book and you can tell. So I will give away something that's not big deal, but you managed to fit a John Day in and a Boom Pow <laughs> Tacos sign. I think the only thing you didn't get in was like a guy and Duder reference. No, or, no, that is legend. It'll destroy or, the world. Or, or toilet. What's the toilet paper one? Uh, when you just gotta, when you gotta poop. <laughs> but no, it's it's really awesome. I, I think you know, longtime fans or and you know anyone, but I, I think it's just it's a special backup. It's really cool. Well, thank you. I really it hit right in a sweet spot of just time. Normally I have, and just again, if you want a little just like behind the scenes to go with your backup pages story there is he actually, he did sort of, you know, say, hey, do you want to do something? And like, it was the worst like thing in the world. You're talking about Eric. Eric, yeah. Eric was like, hey, do you want to do something? And like, I actually was like finishing, I was finishing my color stuff because I had like, and I had like extra no time. So it killed me to say no, but I knew I'd do a shitty job if I said yes. And so I said no, and it, it like, took – but I told him, I was, like, later, I was, like, I'll be done in just, like, a few months. I was, like, and I'll definitely just – as soon as I'm done with this, I'm definitely good. Well, an entire year passed, right? And I wasn't going to harass him about it, but an entire year passed. And then later he's, like, hey, uh still want to do that backup but i was like oh yeah dude let's do that's it that's so awesome that's awesome <laughs> so it hit right as like the fates like i had a week off just as he asked me to do that so that was like just boom like a pure week poured into those pages so i made sure to make them sing awesome so should we get into the news so so let's... i ca- i can't wait to read about the new adventures of beast boy and feasel <laughs> nice try Persona. that's my assumption it's, it's bubble boy bubble boy solo melvin mouse <laughs> there, uh, I, i'll take us into the news uh because man we got this is a beefy show anyway as if we didn't have a killer issue to talk about we got a good show like lots of stuff on here so if the first news item savage dragon is crossing over with saint of grace's nothing lasts forever on April 1st, Bleeding Cool reported that Dragon will make an appearance in Cena Grace's upcoming memoir, Nothing Lasts Forever. Cena is known for drawing Little Depressed Boy, writing Iceman, and editing The Walking Dead. There's a line of autobiographical comics that he's been publishing in recent years. And the April 1st story, you know, the date of the announcement made us think that it was an April Fool's joke, but... Uh, Actually, turns out it's real. You can see the preview pages. Malcolm is uh, riding the elevator with Sina. So it's kind of cool. I, for some reason, I thought that the April 1st news item was that 
he was going to do a backup in Savage Dragon 200 in his style. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I, I thought I it was have, just a crossover. I, I may have misread that at the time. I believe they generically made it like a crossover. Okay, maybe I they assumed like, the joke was that it was a 200 backup. It was pretty good, pretty good Malcolm. Oh, yeah. So do you, do you think it was an April Fool's joke at first, and then he went back and wrote it in? Mm, <laughs> it's hard to say. It, it could <laughs> be. I mean, honestly, like, they're just riding the elevator together for all I know, so it could be shoehorned in there, but it's neat anyway. Yeah. I it, know you got to think, like, Sina being around just Kirkman, and you know Kirkman's a walking, I mean, a Savage Dragon I'm sure fan. he's a Walking Dead fan also. Well, yeah. <laughs> He's been known to like it, I'm sure. <laughs> Talking Dead frequent guest, but uh, no, it's just I'm sure Sina probably actually does like Savage Dragon too, just because I'm you know I'm sure he's just been around all that you know. You can't yeah. not, you can't not if you're around it. So yeah, yeah, it's 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 a cool, one of those cool little cameo nods. You know, it, it's hard to say what it represents in the book itself if like it's implying he's in a superhero universe or if he, maybe he's just seeing things. Because I get the impression he might just be seeing things. Yeah, that's what I get. I think it's just a silly little one-page thing. Feels like a throwaway. Yeah. But anyway, it's got Savage Dragon in it, and it's news. <laughs> Therefore, we are obligated to report on it. It's our duty. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I haven't read much from uh, this guy. Uh, I always see the, the little Depressed Boy books. Um, I can sort of see the appeal as an autobiographical thing. I will say that I read the Savage Dragon preview and I was like, huh, neat, and just kept reading more pages. And it actually seemed pretty cool. Um, so I think if you haven't read an autobiographical comic, they usually are pretty cool. Yeah. And this one seemed pretty good. Like the rest of the preview pages kind of sucked me in. So I was like, yeah, you know, maybe give it a try. I'll probably give it a shot when it comes out. Yeah. So our next bit of news uh, is we got solicitation for Savage Dragon 226, which is kind of surprising considering uh, the the question marks hanging over 225. <laughs> I kind of thought we'd, we'd have like nothing until at least then, like no cover, <laughs> no solicitation. But instead, we are going moving forward, and uh, implications are are implied. <laughs> um, so issue 226 will be a self-contained issue with Trump seemingly appealing to the main. Um, issue 226 will be a self-contained issue with Trump seemingly appearing as the main antagonist of the comic. Yes, that Trump, I'm afraid. <laughs> so, the solicitation copy reads, quote-unquote, trumped, quote, un end quote. When a tyrannical madman assumes command of the United States, aliens are deemed a threat to national security and targeted for elimination, and that includes... Malcolm Dragon and his family. With a country turned against him, Malcolm Dragon fights as he's never fought before. Savage Dragon Comics with, comes with our highest possible recommendation. <laughs> uh, a tyrannical madman assumes command of the United States. I love it. Oh, man. And Trump is yelling, "Kill all aliens!" Yeah, the cover. Is, the cover. <laughs> we actually should have put this in the the news bits. The cover itself is a. Uh, it's got a big, big orange face, tiny hand, Trump, 
<laughs> looming over Malcolm, Maxine, and the three kids. So, who are all being pelted by garbage from average-looking Americans. There's an angry mob <laughs> hurling debris at the family. Which is hilarious, because if you think about it, typically, or I mean, actually, technically, only uh, Maxine is in any danger in that scenario. That's but, true. She's also like, the only one who's not an alien. Yeah. She's a dirty alien lover. That's why. Maybe they think she's an illegal alien. So I read <laughs> some people were posting that this is an homage cover. Mm-hmm. Does anyone remember what it's homaging? Because uh, I think it's yes. a Daredevil cover. Uh, it is influenced. Right. Because it, it is an homage. Yeah. He said he originally was going to do a more uh, one-to-one but it ended up creating, because of the family, it ended up creating, like, awkward positioning. Ah. So he decided, ultimately, to just make it be influenced by that cover. I couldn't believe somebody saw it, because when you see... Yeah, they don't the, look anything alike. No, they composition don't. Composition-wise. I thought it was they, you, Eagle Eye. Who, me? Yeah. I've never always, read Old Daredevil. You're always spotting the the homages and references yeah, not, it's, not, uh, not the really obscure ones. For the listeners, it's, it's just a Daredevil. It's it's Daredevil ninety six for the listeners. So if you look them up, you can compare them. Yeah, yeah, I, I can spot a self reference from a mile away. Not so much the outside stuff. Jim, you mentioned the tiny hand. Hilarious. Should be smaller, to the point <laughs> where the foreshort the foreshortening is like backwards. Let's talk just a heartbeat about um, general uh, reaction to this cover. Mostly good. I think it's a little spoilery. Because, remember, next 224's cover has Maxine with the Shattering Universes? It sort of takes the suspension out of the, the, the suspense out of that when you know Maxine's probably going to survive all this. It's guess... self-contained. I don't know. We should have prefaced this with a spoiler or something? I don't know. Should, should we? <laughs> No, I think it's fine. I mean, we talked about all these covers on previous episodes. Yeah, that's fine. I think uh, I think technically it could even still be an alternate. What were? Didn't you have a wacky theory there? I had a wacky theory. Let's hear it. That after all 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 of this um, reality merging shenanigans, whatever happens in the end, Malcolm and family get dumped on our Earth, our horrible dystopian nightmare Earth. Earth 666. Mm. But then there's no more uh, uh, danger zone. Damn it. Mm-hmm. Well, it could just be, <laughs> well, it could be uh, reality hopping adventures. Could could be. You never know. Might not even. And we all know that the covers on Savage Dragon are a lie, lie, lie. Yeah, which we'll talk about later. So there's a good chance. There's a really good chance that... Uh, Maxine could be on the cover and be dead on the interior. You don't know. Yeah, you mean issue 20, 223, this issue, Glum is not really crushing the earth? <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> it's good. Um, uh, so should we get into our next segment? Yes, yes it is Let's... going to be a segment, so we should get into it. This uh, is our new uh, segment, the Finteresting Replies. So, first, before we even start, that we introduce it. Congratulations! Thank, thank you, everyone, 
Yes. We got a shit ton of mail this episode, which Mm -hmm. is the most we've ever gotten. And as a result, we're going to go through all of it as a reward to all of you who participated. (laughs) We just appreciate it, though, for real. Like, uh, I mean, you know, it's nice doing the show anyway. And we do know that some people, you know, we get a little bit of awareness that people enjoy it just through Facebook. But, like, it's really cool to think of people, like, you know, taking time to participate. So, thank you. Absolutely. Upwards of 11 people. (laughs) (laughs) It's quality. It's quality, not quantity. These are the best. No, no, it's quantity. (laughs) So, uh, for those who may not know, the Finteresting Replies segment... Uh, is a new thing we're trying out. We ask you, the listeners, for your opinion on related questions or for your suggestions on future topics. And if you want to participate in this segment, you can send any kind of an uh, idea for a topic or whatever to savagefincast at gmail.com. And responses will be read on a future episode of the Fincast. Read and discussed where applicable. So uh, we're actually going to get right into it. Uh, I'll take our very first writer, uh, Mr. John Scott. The topic overall is favorite Savage Dragon crossover. John says, my favorite Dragon crossover was TMNT in issue two, because that was my first Dragon issue. Love the podcast. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. Straight to the point. Well, you got to wonder how many people got into the series from... Like reading the Ninja Turtles or something because, you know, Ninja Turtles still – it's amazing to me how popular Ninja Turtles have remained yeah. I mean, yes. since I was a kid. And even it, now. Yeah, even now. But back then, I mean, they were – At the you know, peak. At the peak, yeah, on cartoons every day when you got back home from school and, mm-hmm. you know, everybody had Ninja Turtle toys and stuff like that. So I'm just mm-hmm. – you know, wondering, you know, how many people probably got into Dragon because of those crossovers. Absolutely. I guarantee that that was probably, there's probably a million, like, John Scott stories out there where people jumped in because of the Turtles. Yeah. And in a way, doesn't it didn't kind of add just that little shred of credibility to have a Turtles crossover in your character's history? Like, Usagi Yojimbo has one. Yeah, he's even got – isn't Usagi – they made a toy, like a Playmates toy too. Yeah, there, there was – I believe Saki might have worked on the cartoon or at least – he was published through Mirage for a lot of years. So there was yeah. a lot of like, you know, connection there. My, uh, my brother had the Usagi toy from the Ninja Turtles and like five years ago I went into the attic and stole it and gave it to my friend that is a huge <laughs> Usagi from, nice. fan. That'll teach him. He doesn't even know to this day. It's okay. He's gone through and stolen records from me. Did it still have its ears? And gifted me records stolen from my collection at Christmas. (laughs) So I don't feel bad anyway. That's dirty. It is dirty. (laughs) Did, did dirty. did Did the figure still have its ears? Yeah. Oh, is that what you asked? I missed that. Sorry. Yeah, the ears are like soft rubber, right? They like uh, chew I, right off. I don't know. I can't remember. 
I'll have to ask my friend who now has it. But anyway. So Moving our, right along. Yep, our next letter comes from uh, Augie. Augie. Sorry, Augie. I'm going to say Augie de Bleck, Jr. I always read his name, but never have to say it out loud. Up, uh, who apparently is a comics journalist, currently at PipelineComics.com. Uh, formerly of Comics uh, CBR, right? Yeah, and Pipeline Comics, I believe, is his own his own thing. website slash blog. Mm-hmm. And he's a real-life Savage Dragon character. Apparently. Made, made the pages. Apparently he was in that Freak Force backup in, um, I want to say... 115. 115. The, fly, the fly issue, right? No, no, no. no, no 115, no. One, you're right. 115, which was a weird issue to be like... Yeah. A double-sized issue because it wasn't really an anniversary. It's the one with the the cover with like everybody. Yeah, the wraparound. It. Yeah, great issue, great issue. And uh, Mark Engler did the Freak Force backup, which was Augie plays the character is himself trying. He's to trying get... to re- reform Freak Force because he loves it so much. And this <laughs> is post Savage World, so in the new reality, they're all like fat and out of shape, and Rapture's like. Really disgusting. Rapture's a mess, and and uh, uh, not not Billy Beerman, the other Beerman, uh, the bad one, Bobby Beerman, yeah, is mighty man at the time, and uh, who's a huge um, murderer, yeah, and, and uh, what's his name? Barbaric's a big fat ass. I still have that image of Barbaric, just like Porky with the like crappy carnival pants on. Uh, <laughs> there were uh, they were um. Children's show host. Children's show entertainers, yes. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that, that Rapture have like a big wart on her face? <laughs> yeah, she's a real mess. <laughs> yeah. Downhill. So, so Augie's, yeah. Augie's letter reads, uh, two come to mind. Uh, number one, the early Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Savage Dragon crossover just for the way that one ended and the second begins. Picking up the dialogue in mid-balloon so that they could spread out the word shit across two <laughs> comics without anybody specifically saying it. So awesome. Also, yeah. Also, the turtles are an amazing set of characters because every artist draws them differently, and they always look cool. They're the they're the litmus test for any artist. Can an artist draw good turtles? If they can't, they might as well be dead to me. Harsh. <laughs> number two, Freak Force number ten, because I love Freak Force. No kidding, Augie. And this was their biggest crossover with Dragon. Remember Joey Finkelberry? So beloved was this issue that I. That it is reprinted in the Savage Dragon Greatest Team-Up Trade paperback. Yes, it is, I believe. Along with Star and, I think, uh, that backup with uh, Ricochet and Rapture, if I remember correctly. Maybe not. Maybe that's a different book. I'm, I'm getting off track. Anyway, he <laughs> says, keep up the great work. Two things. One, yes, I love Joey Finkelberry. Uh, I, to be honest, I've only ever read that issue of Freak Force. I'm way behind on Freak Force. Uh, I really should read It is that. a good series. Yeah, um, I wish they would come out with a trade for it or something. But I love when Joey Finkelberry came back in issue 100, and he had basically as a Cyberface's enforcer, where he had basically murdered every Marvel and DC superhero you could think of. Yeah, yeah, there was like <laughs> arms and le- like things arm and like Thor's hammer or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, gotta wonder where that kid's gotten up to because <laughs> you always want to see him and Zeke fight. Wait, didn't? No, he and Zeke did fight in number in, in that first appearance, didn't they? Uh, man, I can't remember. Yeah, it's been a while. Wiki, wiki. Um, I do like that Augie right after uh, John is another Turtles Dragon crossover. 
Yeah, that that's that's funny too. Boom. So now that... I want to I want to say something real quick about that though. Augie, you taught you, you you done taught me something that I never would have gotten otherwise because I never read the first part of the Turtles Dragon crossover, the Mirage published one. Mm-hmm. I've always assumed at the start of issue two, the Turtles are playing tag with Dragon. <laughs> You're it. Exactly. That's how I've always interpreted that page. And Are you joking? Was, I am not joking. <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense. But that's <laughs> the only way I could figure out why they were saying it so loudly and, and tackling Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. How many other poor misguided souls are out there like you? It. <laughs> it seems like things that Ninja... Teenage turtles might do. <laughs> you know what's funny is I just never thought anything of it. I just didn't think about what they were doing or saying because I didn't read the first part either. I did. It was like it. I was like, anyway, I just kept reading. But it's funny that you thought they were playing tag. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is now, you know, Eric would just write it out, I guess, in Dragon, but it makes more. It, it's more fun to break it up. You know, I don't know if it was a point where uh, maybe you just it was it was probably would... the the turtles couldn't say it in their book. Oh yeah, you're right. I was gonna say probably it had to do with keeping the turtles' the image clean. Gotcha. If I had to guess. And looking up the wiki because my memory is not the greatest, it seems like the last time we saw Joey Finkelberry was issue one thirty two, where he was. With the vicious circle and part of Mr. Glum's superhuman army, when the aliens conquered Earth using, oh, when he when Mr. Glum conquered Earth using the God Gun, so who knows where Mr. Finkelberry is these days? I'd like to think huh. he's still out there watching over us. Oh, and also, <laughs> I guess I guess it wasn't in issue one hundred like I thought. It appears to have been in. What's that? 128. That backup. No, it was in a 124 where uh, Dragon finds Joey Finkelberry's yep. handiwork. Yep, I guess right. for some reason I thought it was a 100 backup because it made sense there, but it was actually uh, further on, even though the story itself would have taken place around that time. Gotcha. Because it involved... Um, it involved um, the liber- the new the 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 briefly Liberty. reformed Liberty League. Yep. Right, can, right, right, right. Can I just say one more thing to just to tie in with the Ninja Turtle things? Mm-hmm. When when the Ninja Turtles appeared on that cover with Savage Dragon on issue two, I remember just my mind being blown, like, oh my god, Eric's gonna draw the Ninja Turtles, and I was just so psyched. To see that, and it was just a, it was just mind blowing back then. Like you know how Augie said, you know it's it's a litmus test for artists if they can draw the turtles. And I just thought, you know, that was awesome. And then when the the Ninja Turtles got their own image series, and Eric was uh, um, doing the covers, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was just amazing. I was like, man, I want to see like a full Ninja Turtles issue by Eric, you know. And you know that's the closest we got was the team up with Dragon, but. Right. It was satisfying. It was really cool. Bittersweet on the heels of issue two twenty two, where we were we were denied. 
Yeah, go through that story again for the listeners. So that's the anniversary. It was our last chance before having to wait to 2,222. So it's 200 issues since. Is that our, what was it? There was two and 22, and then he was going to nab them again oh, for 222. Two, so they appeared in issue two, issue 22, and then 222. Gotcha. They and also so, came, they cameoed during Barbaric and uh, Ricochet's wedding, too. But now, since they're sold to Viacom, is it? Yeah, yeah it was it, the rights too were, difficult. Too, were too wonky to make it work. Yep, just too much, uh, you know, legal, which is, you know, hey. Because you got to go through Viacom and you got to go through IDW. Gotcha. Yeah. So it, it became like just way too much. Yeah, which is sad. It's a bummer, but it's all, it's all good. We got our memories. We got our memories. Um. All right. Well, memories are good. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, want to go into the next one? This well, is yours. You. So. Okay. Marcos in New Jersey writes, Hey guys, not sure if I'm late on this one or not, but just listen to the lit last podcast. I guess my favorite Dragon crossover would be Mirage Studios, TMNT crossover, and the Superman ones from DC. Love the show, and I'm a longtime Eric Larson fan, one of my all-time favorite creators ever. So thanks, Marcos, for writing in. Uh, sounds pretty unanimous. Uh, like we were saying, a lot of people maybe jumped in to dragon with the Ninja Turtles, or at least were huge fans of the Ninja Turtles at the time. A lot of yeah. fan of two-toed green guys. <laughs> uh, the one thing he brings up is the Superman ones from DC, and I'm not sure if he means just the Superman Dragon Metropolis, or if he also means the Chicago one, which was out of probably both image. But that was great, though. It, I mean, that was really cool. It was. Uh, John Bogdanov. What? How do you say his last name? Uh, Bogdanov. Bogdanov. John Bogdanov is a great artist, and I thought they picked a super. I thought he was a super good choice to draw the the Savage Dragon, Superman, Metropolis. Uh, it was kind of. It was a trade. It wasn't even. It was. It was uh, an original graphic novel. It was square. Yeah, bound. yeah, yeah. Squarebound. I believe uh, uh, Chicago is the same way. It is. Yep, yeah. they are. And it was a gorgeous issue. He just, I think he did the art justice. Um, I would suggest if you haven't picked it up, you give it a shot. And definitely, I mean, it goes without saying to pick up the Chicago one because it's Eric's art and uh, good old, is Claus Jansen the, the inker on that? I can't remember. I, I do not know. But uh, that's gorgeous. I actually own a page from the Savage Dragon Chicago. Really? Chicago. Yeah. Well, and I believe at the time you bought that, it was like one of the few dragon things you could buy because yeah, wasn't well, breaking up his issues. Yeah, this is, I don't know how many years ago, 12 years, 10 years ago, and mm-hmm. Eric wasn't selling his original art. So if you wanted something with Savage Dragon by Eric, pretty much the pages from Superman, uh, Savage Dragon, Chicago are the way to go. And uh, it was... It's a good issue. It's the page I have. I didn't have a lot of money at the time, so it, I don't even think it features Dragon, though. Um, but it's got Overlord, and it's got uh, Howard, the, the cop. Right. And he's shooting at Overlord, and it's got Chris E's lettering. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those pages where, where Chris E would do his sound effects, of like the blam, 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 you know, and he does it like ten times. Like mm-hmm. a gun shooting or something, right? And uh, it's just it's amazing to see uh, on a page, and it's it's a beautiful page. Um, 
I think Inked, yeah. inked by Al Gordon, by the way. Oh, all right, Al Gordon. I'm sorry. Yep. Oh man, Al Gordon's a classic Superman artist. Colored by Ruben Rude. Mm-hmm. Who did I mean, the earlier Savage Dragon stuff? Just saying, it's kind of just killer, killer team. Alex Ross cover on that Chicago book. Oh yeah, Gordon. And I think that was over Eric Pencils too. It was. So it, it definitely was. Yeah, you can tell it's fantastic. Like Chicago, I haven't read Metropolis. But, I mean, I take your word, and of course, you know, Bogdanov is the bomb, like his art is great, but I can vouch for Chicago, that is rock solid. <laughs> yeah, lots of cool Vicious Circle guys and Superman villains. I really, they, I, I, I have a copy of uh, Metropolis, I really should read it, because I do like Carl Kessel as a writer, be curious if he gets Dragon, or not, understands Dragon or not. No, I, I think it works good, I think Eric had a hand in some of it too. Well, probably. I mean, right. But he doesn't get a writer's credit, I think. So sometimes you wonder how much. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right. Oh, so we, trucking, good. Trucking right along. Yeah, yeah. Lots of letters. Um, we're switching gears a little bit. We got uh, our other topic for the listeners who maybe didn't catch it or don't remember is uh, we pose the. You know, topic uh, who would you protect who would you keep around if you could you know throw the plot armor on one character to where they're just not going to get the axe because you know in savage dragon nobody's really safe uh who would you protect so coming from jp kill cat kill cat is the only character in dragon with true plot armor He's the dirty Bruce Campbell of the Dragon universe. <laughs> that is so perfect, by the way. Literally, anyone else can be destroyed, though tears may shed. Because dramatically speaking, there wouldn't really be anything to be gained from Kill Cat's death. He's just a lovable, dumb, dirty old douche with limited connection. <laughs> anyone. He's Kill Cat. I'm still pulling for another Deadly Duo mini, personally. Craig's selection of Powerhouse is also inspired, still waiting for an all-Flash Mercury and Powerhouse ongoing. Riding around in the Mach 5, fighting monsters. Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you, JP, for that letter. Man after my own heart, I couldn't agree more on every little topic. <laughs> can't, can't disagree with much. No. Dirty, I, I dirty Bruce Campbell. He's the dirty, he is. Is that you know, I do kind of because obviously Kill Cat predates you know Bruce Campbell's rise to popularity, so you got to wonder who Eric is basing him on. Yeah, you know because he, he he does definitely has that that dumb, dirty, seventies, <laughs> gross vibe. <laughs> lots of chest hair. Lots of chest hair. Questionable Always mustache. A, a cheesy pickup line, you know, never yeah. successful. <laughs> The ultimate male chauvinist. Leisure suit Larry. Very leisure suit Larry. Very leisure suit Larry. Yeah, I don't see Eric ever killing Killcat off. I think Eric yeah. has too much fun with him. Killcat and Kid Avenger have kind of been implied to A, be immortal, because they, unlike everyone else, they don't age. Right. And be unlikely to be ever killed, just <laughs> because. If you destroyed them, you would simply need to replace them. And I think that that is probably a good enough reason to just keep them around. A couple of knuckleheads. You need a couple of knuckleheads. Yeah. 
Were you going to get another knucklehead from the future? Another skeezy millionaire playboy? <laughs> did they just, did just drop out of trees? You're not. Yeah, I'll agree with JP. That was definitely rock-solid uh, plot armor. I, I got to tell you, some of my favorite moments of Savage Dragon is when he was chasing the original Dart around, and she just was having none of his advances, and he's just a freaking idiot and doesn't <laughs> realize it. Right. <laughs> the absolute best is when he's in that body cast. Oh yeah. And and and, and um so is Justice. Oh and, and yeah. Dark comes in and just starts having sex with Justice right next to him. And he can't do anything about it. Yeah. That, that was, was that was number one. Number one with a bullet. <laughs> Alright, well we got a lot of letters to get through, so Alright, so we got another letter coming again about the uh, about the Who Would You Protect theme. This one comes from Mike McKirk. Sorry, Mike, if I mispronounced your last name. Hey, guys, the character I'd like to see more and definitely not get killed is Powerhouse. Mental fist bump Craig. Yes. <laughs> always like that guy. Oh, I always liked you, too. <laughs> Conversely, I'd like to see Dart gone. Bitch had it coming. Alex should go, too. I don't get why you like her. Boring. Bigly. Seriously, she has the same haircut for over 25 <laughs> years. Well, Mike, I would argue so is Dragon. <laughs> Good to hear Craig back. I think you all have distinctive voices, and when you're not together, it is not quite the same. Uh-huh. That being said, Nick and Zach are always welcome additions to the conversation. So far, so good. No media outrage on the sexual content of 222 as of this writing. I don't think there will be. There's a lot. Of, there, there's a lot. Of, there are a lot worse comics out there. Manga, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave you with this, even though you might not get a lot of email responsive. Ha, Mike. Joke's on you. <laughs> people are people are listening. Just keep calling out your email, just like you did in this episode. P.S. I would love Fincast at gmail.com. Savagefincast at gmail.com. <laughs> I would love it. P.S. I would love it if Ra- Raven read this out loud in his fancy oh, voice. No. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> I'm afraid I drew the number this time. <laughs> no. That is, that is incentive for you to keep writing. There you in. go. Yeah. His turn will come. We'll just keep switch. We'll switch it to me and then Zach, just so he'll keep writing in. We can at least hold it off for at least two more times. <laughs> then we'll have an Eric interview and ask Eric to read it. They probably like that better. <laughs> uh, I'll agree Powerhouse is a great character to keep around for a long, long time. I will second that. Uh, Powerhouse, I know that the thing was not, you don't get two characters to protect, but oof, it'd be hard picking between Killcat and Powerhouse. See, I, I would easily pick Powerhouse over Kill Cat if only because I assume Kill Cat's immortal already. So it's like a waste. A waste of a protection. Oh, we don't know. Maybe Powerhouse is immortal. He's a descendant of a god, right? It's a... He is a descendant of a god. There's no reason to think he's going to age. But, uh. I mean, the gods don't. Well, that's true. At least as far as we've seen. Right. Um, his point with Dart, I you know I'm conflicted. We have seen Dart a lot lately, mm-hmm. but I don't want to see her gone. I'd like to see her 
kind of pushed back for a little bit. I I love when superhero comics have these big bad guys that are just they kind of appear and then you don't see them again for maybe 25, 30, 40 issues and then they come back or something like that. Um, I don't like to see them killed and and I, I feel like Eric has a lot of awesome major bad guys and he's killed a lot off mm-hmm. and sometimes mm-hmm. I'm a little disappointed in that. I'd like to see like that yeah, you know, I guess Overlord kind of was like that for a while, but really he died and it was like five different guys in the in the armor. But I always like seeing like a Dark Lord come back every once in a while, um, but not gone for good, you know. I do, I do agree, and it, it's funny as much as I do love Alex, I actually between Dart, if I had to save Dart or Alex, I'd save Dart only because it'd be the more interesting like choice. She's crazier. Also, Eric's uh, Alex's hair is dumb. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. It never bothered me. You wouldn't kick her out of bed, Purcell. No Would comment. you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, he put me in my place with. No I don't think she's. I I like her character. I feel like she's got the best connection with Dragon. They're both cops. You know, they've mm-hmm. both been through a lot together, and he's kind of like. I don't know. Even in we'll talk about two twenty three. You know, the pages in this I thought were pretty cool. I I think it's just like it's Eric's. I know Eric's. I call Savage Dragon Eric because I hear (laughs) Eric's voice in Savage Dragon. But Dragon's kind of connection to the original world on someone on his level, not like a kid. Mm Mhm. Someone someone who can understand the yeah she. Well, yeah, she's been through everything with him since he's been on Earth. She's the only character. And she's had similar experiences in that she's been with two different Chris's. Yeah. You know, you know but the thing is about her characters, I realize, you know, she's not got a lot of whiz-bang one-liners like Maxine or something. But <laughs> yeah. at the same time, um, you know, she still is just that really good girl who, you know for whatever reason you don't end up with, but you know, deep down, you know, you could be happy with if you just give it a shot, but you're a jerk. You're a blonde loving douchebag. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I like about Alex is that she's a human character, kind of like Maxine to Malcolm. It grounds the characters and you're like, Oh wow. Like, you know, it's not just all super powered guys in here. And again, we'll see in this issue when she jumps into action, like there's definitely could be consequences if she, you know, if some giant Hulk creature lands on her or, you know, rips her arm off or something. She's just a normal human being. Did I ever tell you guys that the greatest thing that ever happened to Alex was becoming Battle Tank? I sure did like that. Yeah, that I love cool. that for as long as that lasted. It was brief, but I, I did like that a lot. She got her superhero moment. She had her moment. Alex had Alex had all kinds of good moments. Yeah, definitely. Just got to truck and right rip the lummox's throat out with her teeth. Right. Yeah. That's how I remember it. Another great moment. <laughs> and that was like in the middle of like Eric's run. What was like family friendly? Like yeah, that, that for a I, while, that, and then with that issue, it just like was jarring. It was like okay, that that issue not only had her killing the lummox, but it also had uh, Jennifer ripping uh, Death Seed's head off. Well, and, and it had Alex in, like, a tank top, like, blood-soaked with, like, her nipples popping out. <laughs> That's true. It was it was an awesome end to the family era. I was like, oh, 
it, it just was so extreme, though. It's like we're not going to dip our toes in it. We're just diving in. One Back. minute, one minute, Savage Dragon's uh, busting the candy man, and then the next <laughs> issue, next issue, Alex is in like soaked to her nipples in blood. <laughs> it was good. It was uh, a nice. It was a nice change of change of gears there. <laughs> so should we move on to the next one? You get the yes. pleasure of this one. Good luck, Craig. Okay, our good pal, dare I say, letter hack to the. To the FinCast show. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly Soteris. not stars. <laughs> What's that? I said we're certainly not stars. Soteris <laughs> yeah. Gravis, good friend Soteris, he writes, FinCast crew, nice to have Craig back this episode. Almost as cool as having Dragon back in action in his own book. <laughs> as for the finteresting responses, I'd have to go with a three-way tie where, sadly, no one's having sex. <laughs> Amid amid a plethora, plethora of awesome characters, I'd choose Fountainhead, but <laughs> under one vital provisio. He'd have to undergo LASIK laser eye surgery, thus <laughs> bestowing him with the ability to shoot lasers from his sexually suggestive eye socket. Next, it would be Dung, whereupon following ten long intervening years, culminating in his eventual death, the entire issue would be a backside backstory info dump commensurate with a shitload of excrement. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Lastly, it would have to be John Day, where it's revealed that he's actually a long-lived Marvel Watcher-type character who gets off on watching Dragon and Malcolm scare women with their oversized genitalia. (laughs) (laughs) P.S. Disregard this entire letter. My real response would be powerhouse. A chicken man, a chicken man that's so paranoid, he feels he still needs to wear a domino mask to protect his identity. Will always get my vote. He's an iconic, visually striking character who's been part of part and parcel of this book, and he deserves pride of place in Savage Dragon. P.P.S. Hats off to this episode's non-title of Sideways Monkey Mouth. Way more classy than, say, axe wound. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. This letter wins. Sorry. Great. Satoris always writes in some amazing stuff. Um, Love it. He will not let us forget about Fountainhead. And the major screw-up of you guys thinking that (laughs) lasers are shooting from his eyes. Sploosh! Just like a laser, just like a laser sounds, you know. <laughs> like a laser sounds. Sploosh, <laughs> splish, flash. <laughs> uh, let's make a whiz on the electric fence, jokes. You know, like the laser right out of your penis. <laughs> <laughs> Idiots. Oh, I love I love his sentence about dung, where he references excrement in like six different words in that one sentence. Uh, I, I like that it's even an info dump. <laughs> Even an info dump. He really he worked the shit out of a that. A backside place. backstory info dump. A <laughs> <laughs> shitload of excrement. You know what's funny about him joking that John Day would be revealed to be a uh, Marvel Watcher style character mm. is I always wondered if one day Eric was going to bust out some like insane explanation for all the John Days. Yeah, I think that's an awesome. Awesome. Like, as much as that's a joke in his letter, 
Minus the, you know, checking out Dragon's <laughs> genitalia. Right, I right, think right. that's awesome to be. Uh, it's almost like a glitch in the Matrix where, like, you know, this one guy keeps appearing. He's just kind of watching and recording everything, a watcher style. It would make perfect sense, and it would be kind of awesome to have like a little back, little uh, backstory on that, or you know, it's he's the writer of the in-universe Savage Dragon comic. <laughs> It's funny because it doesn't need that. I mean, it's okay no. to be a throwaway gag, but it just would be funny if, like, he busted that out as, like, a plot twist one issue. Yeah. Yep. Also, we're, Craig... Where, like, Malcolm wakes up and he's surrounded by an infinite number of John Days. <laughs> just like, <laughs> we need you to save the world. You all know. I mean, it would be a cool little Easter egg type thing to longtime fans to finally, like, have a little story or something, even like a little three page story in the back of the book. Just a funny throwaway thing, but cool stuff. Uh, Craig, before we move on, I just have to ask as the originator of Sideways Monkey Mouth, do you feel that it is more classy than Axe Wound? <laughs> I don't I know I've heard Sideways Monkey Mouth somewhere before, so I can't claim that I uh, <laughs> originated that, but uh I don't even know where I got that from. It's just always stuck in my head. It's like one of those things the first time you hear it, you're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> right, right, yeah. But I had never it's hilarious heard it before you, you said think. it. <laughs> but then when you think about it, it's kind of hilarious. Mhm. Uh, I gotta say, I think it's a little classier than Axe Wound. It is. I'll agree with that. Jim? Gash. I'm not sure I'd use the word class. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Stupid. (laughs) You both groan in unison. (laughs) Too good. It's too choice. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Top-notch podcasting here. All right, from Tony M. How's it going, boys? Longtime reader here who just recently caught up on all your fincasts. Congratulations, Tony. Yep, there are listeners out here in Netland and wanted to contribute to the show. Your question of the month, is that what it's called? No, but that's okay. We're working on the th- we're workshopping that title. It had me thinking that Roughneck should be untouchable as a villain awesome visual and hasn't really been fleshed out but is some kind of backstory otherwise i'll see him as a wasted character as for main characters that i don't want to see get the uh, axe wound i'd have to say maxine 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 man after my own heart here awesome character that is really giving life to the book via her lively disposition her attitude towards sex is refreshing for a female character although in issue 222 she seems to have gone just a tad sex crazed couple notes if this email makes it on the show feel free to mention i post as neutron bob shout outs the gym on savagedragon.com so if you folks make it to the forum say hey to neutron bob and uh, a contest prize idea. Can you do a Savage Dragon mug as a prize with the Thunderhead art by Raven? By the way, Raven, you sound like a younger Woody Harrelson, LOL. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, Mr. Peterson? <laughs> Keep up the good work. Maybe you guys can have a rotating guest position or live Q&A or call in for other fin addicts from time to time. Maybe we have to be initiated in some way beforehand. 
show a dragon tattoo or third nipple or something. A lot of times when listening, I felt like joining the roundtable discussion. Thank you, now, Craig. Craig. What's that? Sorry, you finished, Raven. I thought you were. I was just saying thank you, Tony, for your letter. Yeah, Craig, you you've suggested some sort of call-in scenario. Uh, yeah, it's something we can look at in the future, just like a like a voicemail line, so people could call in and you know put a little instead of writing a letter, just send us a voicemail or something. I don't know if that's feasible, but it's something we can look into in the future. I thought about possibly creating a Discord server, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure how to record from it. I haven't really found a lot. What is that? I don't even know. Um, Discord is a is a online browser-based uh, audio chat program that a lot of people use for gaming. Mm-hmm. So basically, you, get, you, you create a room, and people can just drop into it if you invite them, mm-hmm. I think. And then everyone just talks over each other. I got a what? super low-jack solution that I heard on another podcast. Low jacket for me. Um, people would email their audio files to okay. a dedicated email, and they would pick them out and play them on the show. That is the most lo-fi. <laughs> but it I would think, work. I think there's a... So, yeah, people... Actually, that's something that's actually really easy to do. Yep. So if you guys just want to record audio and send it to us through a Dropbox link or even just attaching it to an email... I can splice it in, so that's that's something you can do if you were want if you want to. Yeah, in the meantime, look up options. I think there is a way, like a free like voicemail service, where you can get a free number and someone can call in and leave like a voicemail question. But I'm not sure. Um, leave it so I can delete it. The other <laughs> the other thing which I've always wanted to do. If you get what you were talking about, what was it called? Discord, sir? What was it? I'm I'm a Discord. Yeah, I'm Discord. a tech idiot, but would be <laughs> um I would love one day to get like four of four you know, three or four of the um the old uh Brotherhood of the Finn guys on the podcast and have like a little round table discussion, see who's still reading the book, who left the book, when, why, and just talk about you know the old days because for the listener maybe someone that's new to the comic for like maybe the first hundred issues or so the brotherhood of the finn was this like online group of guys that um would meet at cons and they were just huge fans of savage dragon and i know there's a bunch of them that still collect and you know we still talk to once in a while but there's a bunch that have left since and i always thought that would be a good episode just to kind of talk about their experiences Back I then. agree. I would love to hear you do that. You were part of that, weren't you? No, not really. I mean, I was in in the beginning of Savage Dragon, and then I kind of left when I went to college for like four years, and that's when a lot of that stuff happened. When I came back, I conversed a lot with them on the forums. Back then, the forums were not part of the image. Like He had his own forum on the Dragon page. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those guys are on there, and I knew a lot of them, but I wasn't one of those guys that was, like, meeting up at cons. And, I mean, they had, like, a group of, like, 15 guys that would meet up at cons and stuff. And it was probably, like, 15 core guys, and then people would join in. They had their own website. Um, but, um, you know, and a bunch still collect, but there's also a bunch that don't. So I'd love to get, like, a mix of who does and who doesn't and when they left and why and... 
what would make that even better is for the guys who dropped off. Um, I bet it's funny just to think of it, but I bet they don't even realize that Brotherhood of the Finn officially made the book. Yeah, yeah. The name right. of the cult. Right. Yep. So that would just imagine that you were part of this group and then you just fell off and then you come back and it's like, hey, by the way, the group you were in is part of the book now. Like, what would you even what would you even think? Sue them. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. But yeah, it's just I don't know. I would love to have that show. Uh, if if you're out there, if you were part of the Brotherhood of the Finn and you would like to be a part of that we would love to arrange it actually craig has mentioned this before we would love to have that show happen so you know email us savagefincast at gmail.com and yeah we would love to put something together arrange a date and record a show with you guys just you guys doing your thing yeah not us we'll we'll just we'll We'll be the moderators yeah, I mean, so, we can be in there just the tiniest of bit, but, I mean, let you guys shine. Um, I do want to say one thing before we switch it over to the next letter. Uh, Tony mentions a uh, prize. I, I'll announce more on the prize later because that's something else. But you're going like, to like the new idea. But moving right along. All right, next letter uh, from John Turner in Liverpool, UK. Hi, guys. I... It, <laughs> If you'd have to ask who I could keep safe for a few years, my immediate response would have been Mako. Uh-oh. <laughs> In the comic now, I would have to say, save neighbor Craig. If I was Eric, I would have him making periodic three-panel appearances in the book, losing one body part appendage each time, thanks to the Dragon Kids. Along <laughs> the way, he could sport a cable-stylistic cybernetic eye to go along with the arm a kryptonite heart, and maybe a full Marauder-style tank tracks on the bottom half of his body instead of legs. Eventually, he would be a full robot body with human brain. By this stage, he will be, of course, still having a sunny disposition, full, fully intact. Great show as always, guys. <laughs> That's a great suggestion. That would be amazing. And John's in Liverpool. We should have had Zach read this uh would have been more authentic for him. <laughs> I uh, I have to say, I do love the idea of uh, the kids being responsible for Craig just being completely changed. And can you kind of imagine if it went the other way? Like, the kids got their first villain before they could even talk. What, neighbor Craig? Yeah, neighbor Craig, like, swore, like, vengeance on them for, like, <laughs> destroying his body. <laughs> I, think, I think he's too sunny he for is. that. I like this. Take, it, take it in stride or treads, as it were. Uh, <laughs> I like John's uh, suggestion much better. I, I like him having a kryptonite heart, though. Kryptonite man. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Metallo, I suppose. Uh, I would have never thought neighbor Craig in a million years would be the guy to save, but amazing. Great, great letter. I, uh, I think that would be a great gag. Yeah, I never hey. saw him getting a vote from anyone either, but yes. <laughs> Neighbor Craig and Melvin Belko can, like, go to war. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on because we've got a lot of Wonder- show left to go. <laughs> yes. Um, Dakota Bell writes in, Hey, guys, first time sending y'all an email, send, sending in a response to last week's episode. 
Who would I spare from the wrath of Larson? Well, my favorite bunch of supporting characters have always been Freak Force. Seeing them all together again in the new Mighty Man one-shot was awesome, even if it was brief. But I can only save one, and I don't think it's any of the obvious picks. Super Patriot? Nah. Barbaric? Nope. Mighty Man? No, sir. Ricochet? Uh Uh-uh. Dart? Rapture? Too late for them, unfortunately. (laughs) I choose Hortus. Hortus is my favorite character in the book. Love her design. I'm a sucker for the reptile-themed characters. Oddly adorable despite all the spikes, and she's just as fun whenever she pops up. Oh, and she's just fun whenever she pops up. Dated a Ninja Turtle, saved the world from the Cosmic Cops on accident, took care of Angel when Dragon was away, married a robot. Barring Universal eating the original image verse, I've figured Horridus would always be safe from Eric's spontaneous murder urges. <laughs> uh, hell, when Rex mentioned they were moving to Washington, I was assuming Eric was going to retire that bizarre family like he did with Alex. And then Rex got murked by Glum. Ever since, I've feared for the safety of Horridus and Dixie, too. I hope they never share Rex's fate. Would love to see them more often, too. I mean, hey, Dixie's not that much older than Dragon's Triplets. Who's up for a super-powered play date? Great episode as usual, by the way. Keep up the awesome work. Great Thank letter. You. I, feel like, I feel like Dixie's the old, one of the oldest. I think she's older than, uh, than um, shoot, Mighty Man, uh. Really? Betsy? Betsy. I think she's older than Betsy. Maybe. I think Dixie might be older than Betsy. <clears throat> uh, please feel free to correct us. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think she... It feels like she is. I think she's younger, though. She's, yeah, well, definitely younger. That's Malcolm them. Never mind. I was about to say something stupid. But, uh, yeah, Dixie is... Uh, I think at least she'd be, you know, as Dakota suggests... Dixie'd be in their, you know, range. Right, right, right. It, right. it makes sense. I like, and she's got powers because she's she's half Dimension X alien, half other alien, half human. Right. You know, Horatus is half human, half alien. Yes. No. Yes. That's like her. Or, that's like her origin. Yes. It's kind of funny. We've never really. Ex- that's never been explored. Like the alien race. Yeah, we, we we've never really seen them. I don't think. You never no. know when they're going to show up later, but I think you're uh, right. I don't think they've ever shown up again. Right. I do like that she uses the term uh, when she's Eric's spontaneous murder urges. <laughs> right. Mm. <laughs> you need to make that a FinCast title. Spontaneous spontaneous murder urges. <laughs> FinCast episode whatever. I do have to <laughs> say that I didn't see anybody choosing – um, Hordus, because the funny thing is, is as the letter suggests, when you think of Hordus, I kind of lump her in there with like, you know, Kill Cat. As just she's been, she's survived the axe so long that I do kind of think of her as safe. But uh, now that this letter mentions it, you're right. She, I mean, Rex got killed, you know, that was her husband, so there's really no reason. Man, it's going to be sad when Hordus dies. Yeah. She's a simpleton, you know. Well, they... I don't know. That's the thing. I, is that she always was, until she married Rex, and ever since she seems to have matured significantly. Every time we see her, she seems more on top of everything. Like in this latest Mighty Man, she 
definitely seems more on the ball than she ever did previously. Yeah, yeah. And we haven't seen that much of Dixie either. Like, I'd like to see now, because I, I didn't even realize, like, how old she was. It's hard to, you know, keep track of all that, and especially when the character doesn't appear much. But, I mean, you're right. She's She is kind of an older kid now, and so she should. I was legitimately surprised that she wasn't in the hardest spot in, in, in Mighty Man. Oh, yeah. So for the listeners, we, we haven't talked about Mighty Man yet, but we'll be, we'll be talking about it in a later But it's a episode. return. Spoiler, but not really because the issue's been out, but it's a return of Freak Force. <laughs> and so, you know, we've seen a bunch of replacements of characters and I get what you're saying. Like, that would have made sense. Yeah. But she's a little young, too, yet, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but so is Betsy, so. But you she's, know, she's a full-grown man in Mighty Man mode, so. Still, though, if if we do see more uh, Freak Force, it would be really awesome to see Betsy and uh, Dixie, like, interact. Yeah, definitely. All right, so should we get to the last question? Good letter, though. Uh, thank you very yeah, much, great. Dakota. Lots to chew on there. Here goes our very last letter. Sorry, folks. Just This was just a, a milestone letter-writing episode. So if you've loved it, Thank you. If you've hated it, don't worry. This is pretty rare. But uh, our last topic, a new Hopefully topic. not rare. <laughs> well, hopefully, yeah. Please, please. Well, we'll probably, if we get this number of letters again in the future, we'll probably pare it down significantly. Yeah, we'll be a little more choosy, but we just had to celebrate all this. Uh, all these. To be honest, I really do enjoy reading the letters. People bring up a lot of points that, you know, we didn't think of or didn't see. Okay. So I always enjoy reading other people's viewpoints. So please... Keep writing in. If we don't use your letter, maybe on one episode, we might save it for another. Or oh yeah, um, at least we can chat about it on you know the, the Eric Larson Facebook board or whatever, or on the forums or something. But yeah, keep keep letting us know you're listening, and and we welcome your feedback. Even if we don't read it, we might be able to use some of the information that you give us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, again, really just enjoy hearing from everybody. Yeah, you might even, like Craig suggested, you might even have an insight or something that, like, none of us considered. So even if, like, we don't read your full insight, we might even, like, we're we'll just, just steal we're your idea. Me. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't what I was suggesting, but still, yeah. I'm just kidding. Uh, so I'll take it away here. Our final letter actually goes the extra mile, suggests a new topic from Doug Zalondek. Hey guys, since I've caught up with the podcast, I thought it was time to send the interesting idea. What are your three favorite dragon covers and your favorite variant cover? Thanks for the podcast. It's come a long way. Gets better all the time. (laughs) Love the interactions between the two or three of you. Like Craig said in episode 51, I, too, yell at my iPod when you can't remember names. Take it easy. I can't wait for the next FinCast. Doug. Wow. <laughs> it sounds like Christopher Walken. Yeah, man, that, what a guest appearance. That's great. Blew our yearly budget. Then we had to call the big guns. Scooch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, I didn't even hear anything of of what you read because I was just listening to the accent. I was listening for all the errors. (laughs) All I could hear with them. Uh, It's great. (laughs) Wow. 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 (laughs) 
So, um, well, favorite Savage Dragon covers. Who wants to go first? And favorite favorite three. Favorite variant. Oh, favorite, favorite three. three. Okay. Yeah. So, Jim, well, well, I'll go. Go ahead. I'll go first because I have them listed out here. Uh, number three, issue one twenty three, which is the one where Dragon is uh, hit the wall and slid down it, and there's blood. Yes. And the color palette's like super subdued. Yes, yes, yes. That is a great I really like visual. It it's suggestion of impact and uh, injury. I think it's like it's it's really good. I remember when he when the solicitation for that came out, and I was like, "That's amazing!" The wall all like crumbled, like it just the inking and how he does that. It's just it's it's visually amazing. Good choice. Agreed. Number two. Sorry, Raven. One more. Just agreed. I just said agreed. Number two, two fifteen. With Malcolm facing off against Dart, crashing through a wall of babies. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a more recent one. That was great, too. And I remember our kind of, you know, trying to think of what this could mean in the comic. Just a million. And, of course, and of course, my number one, my very first issue of Savage Dragon, issue number 90. All right. 90. It was incredibly... Striking yes, cover, yes, grabbed me right off the rack. As a good cover made, should, made me a fan. I wish I'd thought to do something sentimental like that. Good job. Yeah, it's it's solid black except for Frank, Dragon, and Alex's gravestone. That was a killer cover. Nice. Really like the uh, the the inverse inks for like the dragon portrait mm-hmm. in the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really like the negative? The negative, yeah. Good choice. Yeah, that's, you're talking about, for the listener who might not have him from, the when when Eric used to do like the kind of the 70s type logo, the Image Comics group, and it had the little cir- the circle with dragon in it on you know right next to the title. That, that is pretty cool. I didn't realize that until you just said that now, that it that it had it like that. But that's great because it's just black and white with just the characters and color. Right. Great cover. Great picks. Super eye-catching. Yeah, great choices on every one of those. I feel uh, dumb that I didn't think to like put a nostalgic pick in there. I unfortunately don't really have a variant cover off the top of my head. So I'll work on that while you guys do yours. Okay. I kind of cheated. I lumped a variant in as one of my three, so I'm going to cheat like that. Do you want me to go? Go for it. You go, go, you, go, go, go. you got it. Um, taking off the top, 171, enter Thunderhead. Well, of course, I like yes. Thunderhead. But on this cover, you've got just black and white illustrations of Thunderhead and Malcolm brawling. And it's like a brawl. They're like just in the most dynamic poses with just debris all around them. And the only color on the cover is just red. It's yes, black, awesome. white, and red all over. And baby, it's awesome. This is a great cover. I remember just like the bottom of Malcolm's sneakers, like the sole, like how <laughs> detailed. It's just amazing. It's awesome. And just like, uh, it just how it flows like Thunderhead. It's so dynamic. Mm-hmm. He's like leaping right out at you. And the cool thing about Thunderhead is when you first see this guy, he looks like the most evil villain, like the way <laughs> he looks. And he turns out to be like, you know, Dragon, uh, Malcolm's, you know, brother, kind of like stepbrother, and he's just a 
cool, chill guy now. But that's what's so great about the character. He looks like an evil badass, and he's a good guy now, you know? But just a great cover. It is immediately, like, you just see that cover, and it's just like, I don't know, just the composition, like, of that cover. The way they're fighting is just super striking. Even if it didn't have just the the super limited, like, one-color palette of red, it's still just killer composition. So that's 171 if you want to... I want to jump in and just say for the listener, if a quick way to look at all these covers is to go to SavageDragon.com to the oh, funny yeah. book section, and you can just you know look at these as we talk. We'll try to explain them all, and many of you probably will remember them. Just we, you won't ha- have to look it up, but um, th- this yeah. is really image heavy uh, what we're talking about. So yeah, if you want to take advantage of that, that's a killer resource, and you should. It's got the variants, so if you didn't snag a variant, you can even see. Um, but my second choice is 185, the courtroom sketch cover. Nice. Which, nice. Yeah. Uh, yep, I chose it because of just the good, like the theme represents the issue so well where, you know, Dragon's on trial. And so to have a courtroom sketch be the cover of the trial issue was just, it was a smart choice. And again, the composition of this cover is super striking You've just got like the the title of the issue is the verdict, and you've just the got verdict. like you've just got the jury their heads on the uh, left, and they're all like in a blue, and it's just offset with just this pencil sketch of dragon just standing there looking at them. Killer composition, killer color scheme. It's a winner, and thematically works with the issue. So, mm, it's good stuff. And then my very last choice, and again, I'm cheating because I'm using a variant as my third cover. But um, the Wanted, uh, Savage yes. Dragon 128, yes. the painted Wanted cover by J.G. Jones, um, who the cool thing about that, when Wanted hit, uh, it was just so popular and everybody was flipping out because it was just like, I don't know, everyone I knew was flipping out about it. And like it had those J.G. Jones covers uh, in that style, like the black know, the, bar on the top and bottom. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, they were like meant to evoke wanted posters. I think I read. Oh, but really? Like, but this even says like wanted. It looks. Here's what's genius about it is it just fits right in with those wanted covers. Yeah, seamlessly. It it almost to me looked like the way it is is almost like a widescreen kind of tv view like you know it's got the black bars on top and bottom but you're right it fits the wanted series you could mix it in with there and it looked like it's just another issue of wanted doesn't look like an issue of savage dragon no savage dragon logo yeah uh, exactly it looks like an issue of wanted like it has the wanted logo giant and then it just says savage dragon all small and gray and uh, then it's just got this jg jones painting uh who is the artist of wanted and uh, he's just got this painting of dragon. So it's a badass image of dragon anyway. But then there's the context of the wanted villains actually crossed over into that issue. And so it was just, I don't know, together it was super appropriate. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, it just tied right in there. So those are my three choices. Amazing. Good, good, good stuff. Thank you. Uh, I have to go... With my first one, which I've said this before, 
issue 21 blows my socks off for a cover. If you look at something on the stands and you see issue 21, which is way back, I don't even remember the year, but it's got to be around 94, 95 maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's when uh, it's Dragon, Dragon holding up uh, Overlord's bloodied mask. Right, mm-hmm. like covering kind of the dragon logo, and it's got the speed lines kind of emanating off the mask. And dragon almost looks like Two Face because half his body's <laughs> charred. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing, amazing visual, and it's like, man, I got to read this. You know, like it's it just looks like dr- dragon finally triumphant, and it's like, where do, where does Savage Dragon go from here? You know, obviously he's got, uh, he's he's killed his major foe, and it, it's just a great, great visual. I mean, your eyes are drawn straight to the the Overlord mask. Absolutely. Um, another favorite of mine, and just to be honest with everyone, my favorites change like month to month. But <laughs> as of right now, another favorite of mine is issue one ten, Danger in Dimension X, which okay. is just visually striking. It's uh, Dragon and family grabbing onto like a chunk of rock, and they're flying through some kind of void in Dimension X. And all the characters are kind of like colored yellow. It's super visually striking, and they're getting chased by Death Seed. And I remember just when that cover came out, and I was just like, wow, that's that's a pretty damn cool-looking cover. I think even, like, the dragon in the logo is kind of colored yellow, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, just a great, great cover. Visually dynamic. You know, they're just flying right out at you, and you don't, you know, it makes you, again, want to pick up the book. And bonus, word balloon on the cover. Yeah. Which is was a weird for a while there. Comics just didn't do that. That was a taboo. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of always cool when you see it because it's like oddly become a thing that, you know, wasn't done for a long, long time. Like Angel's just dropping like, uh, you know, a paragraph. Of like, not a paragraph, but like a couple of sentences of dialogue. Just cracking a joke right on the cover. That's good. I like it. The other um, more recent issue I chose was kind of like your 171 in composition in a way, but it was 201, which was Malcolm versus Dart, which I think Eric just poured it all into it. And this is something that's a little harder to explain. You kind of need to go and look at issue 201 if, if you remember it, but it's like hyper detailed. Mm-hmm. and darts fly- kicking Malcolm in the face, and they're kind of, like, falling towards you, the reader. Like, the viewpoint is, like, kind of like the reader looking up, and it looks like these two characters are just going to crash on top of you. Mm-hmm. Just amazing. Dart's hair is just, like, kind of flying. You know, it's, you know, uh, Malcolm's, one of his hands are coming right at you, and it's, like, hyper-detailed and just amazing looking. Yeah. Just a great, great cover. Uh, I really enjoy like I said, my my covers will probably favorite covers will probably change next month and month to month. <laughs> but you know, thinking about it off the top of my head, those those were pretty good covers for me. I don't I, I probably could name like ten right now, but I don't want to steal anything from listeners that might have a favorite cover. So I'm going to leave it at that. Right. But I know there's so many out there, and I know there's going to be a lot of good comments on this. Oh Hopefully. yeah. Just a reminder, please, please, please. Uh, do send us your three favorite dragon covers. And, and don't just send it don't just tell us what the covers are, tell us why they're your favorite. That that's Absolutely. 
I really want to hear why people like these cut, you know, their favorite covers. Especially, even if you don't have three, just even one, I don't care. But especially even if you had like you know Jim, like a tail behind it, like a reason like that stands out in your mind. You know, yeah, that's the kind of thing that this is all about, like a chance for you to interact with the show. And, yeah, we would love to hear from you and love to read your letter, as you saw, read it on the show. So thanks again for everybody who wrote in. Uh, wait, wait, the- I just want to talk about my variant cover. You're screwing <laughs> me over now. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I did cheat. Aww. What's your variant? Um, all right, I'll be quick. No, I would time. say either – I don't know if this counts as a variant. Does issue 100 second printing count as a variant? Yes. Okay. So issue 100, the second printing. I love that cover. It's like Dragon in his cop uniform kind of jumping out of the side of the issue with with, uh, with uh, Angel and Jennifer kind of jumping with him. I don't know if many people remember it because it wasn't kind of widely – I don't know how many were published of the second printing, but I think they're kind of rare. But uh, it's a great cover if you haven't seen it. And I don't oh, know if it's – I, I don't think it's I've never on, seen this. I don't think it's on SavageDragon.com. You can Google it. It's not. It's not. Yeah. Oh, man. I'd never seen this, dude. That's a good cover. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the second printing of 100. And it's, it's, I, I like it better than the original cover. I'll agree with that. <clears throat> so anyway, sorry, Raven. You can go back to no, dude, closing no. this out. Let's just say uh, for a minute, like, look at Angel's pose on that cover. <laughs> yeah, it's great. She's just leaping out. Like Spider-Man. Yeah, I love it. It's great, dude. And just the way the text, like, flows. Yeah, that's <laughs> better than the uh, first print edition. I think so. Cool. So, well, awesome, man. Good pick. I, I somehow had, well, you know, I got issue 100 when it first came out. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even realize there was a reprint. Yep. Man, something else to get. Well, <laughs> okay, back to where we were. Thanks, everybody. Thanks again. Thanks so much for all your responses. Super appreciate yeah, thanks, thanks so much. Absolutely. And you help us fill time. <laughs> Well, we love hearing from you, too, and uh, we appreciate it. It's it's fun just to talk with Jim and Craig. It's even more fun when we can get other people involved. So thanks so much. Uh, SavageFinCast at gmail.com. What are your three favorite dragon covers and your favorite variant cover? Please use SavageDragon.com as a uh, resource under the funny book section. It's a super handy tool for that. Uh, Unfortunately, it is looking a bit incomplete. Like the issue 100 variant isn't there. There's you can also go to the Savage Dragon wiki. The wiki will have, I believe, all of them. Okay. But it does. It doesn't have handy thumbnails. And you can though. link to the wiki from SavageDragon.com at the top now. So that's true. And our podcast. And our podcast. <laughs> that was a surprise to discover. We've, we've been doing a little bit. So it's we we kind of not you know we're not a flash in the pan finally we're established yeah I guess I guess our plans to discontinue should need to be put on the shelf for another five or ten years hang it up hang up those plans to hang it up so we're going to be changing it up for 2017 uh, okay. previously we had chosen a single letter and we would read that single letter and there was a winner 
this time uh, right. we're going to go ahead with our interesting responses where we, you know, pose the question, we discuss it on the show, then we get your responses, read them on the air. And uh, we're going to just sort of choose a favorite and uh, just what, for whatever reason, uh, we'll choose the winner. And uh, this year for 2017, I'm going to be doing a image. I'll be debuting it soon on dragonfan.net. You should have gave away your original art. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there would be there's more months than there are pages of that. So I had to, Any, anyway. I had to come <laughs> but I had to come up with something. So this year is going to be uh, sort of an image 25th anniversary slash Savage Dragon themed piece. And okay. uh, just, you know, I'm going to try to give folks a little bit more options than T-shirt. Of course, you, if you like T-shirts, yes, you can still get one. But, uh, you know, um, there's different things we can do uh, mouse pad. with that same image. Yeah, uh, cell phone cover, mouse pad, whatever you want to slap that image on, like a mug. You know, that, that stuff can be done. Um, so, okay. yeah, we can basically... What do you just use one of those websites? That's, yeah, that's all it is. <laughs> and then ship it, just have it shipped out as a gift? And just ship it as a gift, yep. So it's easy enough. You just design the one image, and then I let the winner choose how the... Uh, image is applied so it'll work as a shirt it'll work as a phone cover you want it on a mug whatever you choose you're the winner it's your I choice i want it on a jughead hat <laughs> trucker hat oh my gosh all right those are gonna be what's sad is i can't even say those are gonna make it they're already here <laughs> the jughead hat is already here uh but um no, that's it. That's the change. That's the announcement. So I'll be debuting that image soon. Uh, image 25th related Savage Dragon uh, prize this time. And again, please write in. We'll be choosing winners. And I guess uh, that wraps up the reader interaction or the listener interaction. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, everyone. Meat and potatoes time. All meat and potatoes. Time. Yeah. I don't know. It's probably going to be shorter than that previous. <laughs> Guys, this is some killer meat and potatoes, this issue. Yes, yes. Oh, oh, what an issue! Did did you like it? <laughs> no, lukewarm. Uh, Hold on, I gotta, I gotta pick it up. So, how about that, you know, the, the intro to this issue with kind of Lorella dropping the bomb on Dragon. <laughs> she was kind of a bitch to him. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't help shake the opinion. This was uh, really trying to deep six any romantic interest she they they might have had together. I agree. So basically, she, they're packing up. She's reaching menopause, and she can't make any more kids without putting her life in danger. And they've got what 163, yeah, Krylons, and they're moving to France. Going to France. I like when she's like. Uh, he, when when Dragon's like, I didn't get to say goodbye, and you know, <laughs> and she's like, no need to get soppy or sentimental. Yeah, really. You can buy raw material, nothing more. Well, Jesus, Lorella, check like yourself, that. man. Lorella was Kroll's mother, correct? Nope. No, she was not. Nope. She, but she raised him. Lorella raised the uh, son that was taken from the womb. The egg. Right, Crawl. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, Crawl. Right. Yeah. You're right. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got my names wrong. Yep, you were right. My bad. I was trying to take mm -hmm. you to school and got schooled myself. Congratulations. <laughs> you, okay, because I, 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 
I, I wasn't sure if she was actual the actual mother, but I guess it makes sense that she's not. No. But yeah, she's definitely Miss Scientist. Cold, cold-blooded. And I would have thought there would have been more Krillians than that. Well, it, it did. Well, with the genetic engineering, it, it does seem like it was limited to the number of eggs she carried. Right. Before going menopausal, so actually that number is probably higher than it should be. One can only assume that this is Trump related. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah. They're losing funding. That's why they're leaving. So makes just sense. On Krull, his mother was Gita. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because she was, she the, was the two scientists, Wex and Reiko. That was they were like, oh, it's Gita's sacrifice. So. Oh. Right. She 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 died during sex, and they they rescued the. uh, Which actually, I'm gonna go off on a tangent here real Uh quick. Do you know how 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 implied resilient Angel's baby was? Uh Wouldn't the other Krylon babies that all those women who died, wouldn't theirs have been just as resilient? Maybe because they were super early in development, they weren't as strong. Well, he since angels would have been later he, in development. He killed his partners and then disposed of the bodies. Well, that was so okay. one might assume that when the bodies were disposed of, he took care that, of that little that problem. They were gotten, yeah, because you remember that's what he tells Wix and Renko. He's like, "Get rid of the body," and they're like, "Well, this happened so many times before, but you know, this time they maybe maybe he ate them." <laughs> <laughs> well don't he ate he ate brains. dark date dragon's brain so he was a cannibal already possibly uh, but uh not to get not to not to button that up but uh yeah this just this first page already you know what i, I guess i'll just say this about this issue didn't you just feel like a lot of shit happened yeah, clean up. Just a lot of shit happened. Well, this... yes. It, it, one of my favorite, my favorite kind of issue in Savage Dragon was there when we're all over the place with different characters. I love when he gets into that. It means that his plots are really moving forward, and you know, I love when he's in the middle of plots when they're not beginning, they're not ending, but right in the middle. You know, when when everybody's heading towards something. You know, so mm-hmm. every. One or two pages, it's a different scene. And I think that's when Eric's at his best. And I think, yep. you know, an issue like this really kind of shines because you're seeing a lot of different people interact. I'll second that. I do think that is when this book is at its best. Because I don't think other books juggle a big cast as well as he juggles his cast. <laughs> yeah. He's able to just knock plot points out left and right. Correct. I wonder, so get before we, I mean, I guess that's like before we jump off of the Lorella train here, um, I mean, you guys care to guess? You think we'll see these babies? You think they're going to be going off planet? You want to play uh, speculation a little? We'll definitely be seeing them, I got to say. I mean, maybe not like, for a long time, but there's no way they're just going to be forgotten. Yeah, I'm going to need like 12, 14, 15 years. Well, yeah, I got a loaded I, question then. Here's why I threw that out there. <clears throat> we know, we as we well know, Lorella wants a chosen one. 
That's right. She did kind of imply that a couple. She of implied times. it multiple times. So she's trying to re- she's trying to restore her like the status quo of her race. So that is kind of important to have a chosen one. So it's kind of interesting. Well, there's there there are three kicking around. Yeah, yeah there's there's no shortage of chosen one material. Maybe so. maybe it's going to be like invincible when she comes back. You know, later on with a horde of you know Krylon warriors to come steal a <laughs> chosen one or something or force one of them. You or, never know. To be fair, she doesn't have the advantage of it of a uh, of a uh, accelerated aging. Which... <laughs> yeah, I get that. So maybe in ten years, you know, fifteen years. Well, I guess it'd be more in ten years because they're just babies now. Well, you know, she does have that machine that takes away chosen one powers. Maybe she can reverse engineer it to give to grant. Well, them. it was suggested that she could because she was like sort of indicating that she was going to make a chosen one. And her and Dragon had that little fight about you don't need a chosen one. Hmm. Right. And so it is kind of suggested in the book that Lorella can make a chosen one if she wants. Look, Lorella, you, you can change your culture. I mean, just look. You're not peeing in a jar anymore in public. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do think this was a smart writing by Eric. It's a way to kind of get Lorella – I mean, that kind of – this part of the story really – doesn't have anywhere to go for until the kids are old enough. Yeah. So it's a good way right. to get them out of the picture, advance other until stories until he's ready to, to Lorella, tell them, tell their story. Lorella can be a supervillain or whatever. <laughs> but I mean, I, I just think it's a good device. I mean, how, you can't keep kind of going back to Lorella and being like, all right, they're still in the hospital and she's still making babies or, you know, Plus it's got to go somewhere. He's not in prison anymore. So it is a little weirder. To think of Dragon swinging by to, you know, drop the kids off at her pool. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a meaty first page. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, we turn... And it only goes up from here. Uh, the, we, we see everyone's least favorite character. <laughs> Flip the page. I think Smash- Jim gets offended when you say it. Jim likes Smasher. I, I like Smasher. I don't know why I like Smasher, but I always have. I think because she's really kind of bad at being a superhero. Because she doesn't want to be. I will say. She kind of just. I'm sorry, Jim. Continue. No, no. Interject. <laughs> All I will say is I actually. Here's what's really funny and weird. Her role in the book now is kind of good comic relief uh she's that woman out of time bits really working for me she just i won't disagree that does make her a little slightly more interesting it makes her a lot more interesting she's captain america <laughs> yeah <laughs> patriotic blonde super fit woman out of time probably a hydra agent in disguise <laughs> oh god well you know it's just funny because i found myself liking her more since she came out of you know glum's test tube than i ever liked her before and it is entirely because she's in this interesting position, and she doesn't fit well with Maxine and everyone else. And I don't know. I think it's kind of funny. I'm actually kind of enjoying Smasher moments. Yeah, so. and and she's almost the same age as her daughter, like we talked about last uh, episode. So there's a weird dynamic there where they're kind of almost more like sisters. Yeah, which is, again... It's interesting. Like, it's funny. Which we know Maxine's into. <laughs> I'm into it, too. 
I got to say, the funny thing, that's, again, that moment, just that Maxine moment, uh, it just, Smasher is so much more interesting, like, in the role she's in, probably more interesting than she's ever been in the book. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So it's so funny just taking her off the shelf and then bringing her back at her exact same age. Is It's funny the second lease on life this character's gotten with me, at least. You right. know, I hated Smasher. I don't know. I'm kind of super interested to see what happens to her now. And, and you got to remember, we are more, we're closer to, how do I even explain this, time travel shit. We, as readers, experience Smasher more than this Smasher has experienced, because this Smasher's from even further back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I get you. Yeah, you're right. It's crazy. Like, it's funny how... It's almost it's actually almost possible that the alternate Savage World... We actually experience more Savage World Jennifer than we did original Universe Jennifer. Yes, actually. Issue-wise. I yeah, think that is funny. Right. Ah, it's just crazy. That, I don't know. It's funny. I don't know. I mean, like, I guess I heard you guys kind of agreeing with me, and Jim's always liked her, but... Craig, are you, you're kind of agreeing with me too that like she's just so much more interesting now. Yeah, I mean we're only a couple of issues in, but it's a real interesting dynamic. You know what's going to happen. I want to see her fumble with an iPod. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's going to happen with her and Dragon's relationship? What's her relationship going to be like with her daughter? What role is she going to play now if she's not Dragon's wife slash girlfriend? You know, it's it's all very interesting. Is she gonna jump on a team? Is she gonna join, you know, that Freak Force team team, or Team Maxine? Oh, would she jump on that team? Is she gonna find a new love interest, you know? I know you guys are gonna laugh. I'm sorry, I gotta take it there. But you know the whole Alex Jennifer Dragon love triangle? Yeah. You know the obvious solution, right? (laughs) Team Maxine and both. Is it both? Both, both is the answer. Can't oh, we do? Geez. Can't we do both? Just saying. <laughs> just, I'm just saying. I think we've been there, done that. I don't think Alex is into. I don't that. think Alex. Is I think either. she kind of. I think she hates Jennifer. I would too. Because she's not an interesting woman out of time to Alex. <laughs> she's that dumb. Well, think about yeah. Well, think. Way. Think about it from Alex's point of view. Alex is, you know, older now, and here comes right. Jennifer out of a some test tube, still twenty eight years old or whatever. Still perfect. <laughs> she's still she's still Dragon's idealized version of Jennifer. Still all perky. It is the ultimate in cruel jokes, isn't it? For like Jennifer, like poor Alex is the punchline of the Savage Dragon universe, just because, again. Here comes Jennifer, perfect, perky. <laughs> oh my God! No, it's good uh, stuff. It's it is good stuff. Um, so, um, how about Good Morning, Mary Sunshine? <laughs> that Just is Maxine's words to Dragon as she's getting a free mustache ride. <laughs> I love the plus. The plus. <laughs> Malcolm's plah. <laughs> just the just the, the sound plah <laughs> and the cartoon mouth. Oh, that's funny, dude. Yeah, definitely a pretty graphic page here. Uh, 
but good stuff. It's it's funny now. You know, it's just it's just crazy to me now that Eric's just like I just you know as we saw last issue, he just doesn't need to hide anything anymore. Doesn't need to hide it, and it's it's good too because it's just like you know at this point, like the one like like our reader wrote in, it's like you know why hold yourself to a different standard? Yeah. You can see what Maxine has on display in this page. You can see, like... She doesn't shave. Yeah. (laughs) All natural. You can see it on TV. I'm just saying, almost. Like, I don't know. It's it's no different than, than like, an HBO Game of Thrones series, honestly. I mean, mean, so I don't see why I should have a problem with it in a comic. It's just as violent and just as sexual in nature as a Game of Thrones type or Westworld or whatever type. It's cool. Fantasy TV show. It's cool. I I don't think there's been a big pushback and I hope that trend continues because it would be weird for there to be a pushback later. But yeah, this is, I think extra good just because it's played for jokes. Like the punchline of her being sexually frustrated. That's good. That's funny. Right. Right. And we see more of that as it goes on. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, so we get Glum and Glum is still distraught over Angel. And I think he's pretty much obsessed with getting her back in some form. Those conniving cunts. His quote unquote angel was was killed. So he, mm-hmm. he needs to find a alternate angel that will love him for the little red alien he is. Mm-hmm. So Raven and I got talking about this on on chat the other day. There's a couple of things that, basically, he was wondering if, like, Glum, if he merges the universe, if, like, all these alternate Glums would, like, merge together and you'd get, like, a good Glum and, like, a bad Glum. But I I basically told him that, if I recall correctly, there's only one Dimension X, and it's connected to all the other realities. So there's only one Glum. Ah. Is that not a good, Jim said that, my mind blew. I was like, what? You're right. Yeah, maybe maybe that is right. I mean, if you time travel, there's like there's future and past dimension X's, so you can get stuff like get uh, Glum getting killed by Kerr. But uh, in your in your basically like in your present, there's only ever the one dimension X, and that's that's why the Dark Lord stash all their shit there because there's only it's it's a one stop shop to stash all your test tube, uh, Jennifer's. <laughs> right, right, right. Hmm. Good point. So going to be real interesting to see how this shakes out. And how do you really merge all realities? I mean, you always have realities diverging and I don't yeah. know. How does that work? It, it hurts my mind. Sometimes I'm a little it's worried rough. about that. Like I hate time travel and alternate reality stories sometimes because they get too crazy and they can be, you can find holes in them too often. So hopefully he pulls it off. I don't know what it will. Well, well, that right there is a hole if it's not dealt right. with. Me and if, if you know, it's funny you should mention that, Craig. Me and Jim were like chatting it up about this one, and uh, that's something I told him. I said, you know, I said it'd be funny, or not funny, but I said we you gotta wonder if um, this isn't a storyline to put alternate dimensions like on the shelf. Yeah, like just write them out of the book. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You can go. I know there was a lot of backlash after like uh, 
issue 75 when a lot of readers felt cheated when like all the characters died and then they kind of showed all back up in the book in the savage world universe yep and so right. i don't know sometimes you, you have a lot invested in the story and an alternate you know merging of realities changes a lot of things and you feel a little bit cheated sometimes mm-hmm. i feel that way too it's like eh, it kind of it's almost like a do-over so i hope we don't i don't know I, we'll see I, i'll reserve judgment i mean eric I've always enjoyed the book, you know, so again, we'll just see how it goes. Super interesting. The can of worms being opened here though. Like, well, my only thought is that if there's only one glum, that means only one glum went to one dimension and met one angel, which means there can only ever be one angel, one glum's angel. Yeah. Sad, right? So merging realities wouldn't help him, but he is a man gone mad. So it's not like he's going to think about that. You know what I mean? You're right. I mean, here here's the thing. We were like, here's a guy who's so in love and distraught that his idea is to merge all realities. I mean, goddamn. And he might accidentally get his angel. Yeah. Back. What? A, what an overcompensation. <laughs> so, it's. I'm more concerned about why Dark Lord has all this technology. I mean, yeah, I know he can jump between realities, but the idea that he could, he has the technology to merge realities. We're jumping ahead like crazy, but. Oh, that sorry. is super yeah. awesome point. Um, we learn in this issue stuff on Dark Lord that we never knew. We, I mean, it was never made clear that he was that powerful. I don't think. As far as I was concerned, it felt like in the book he was always just a dimension traveler. And he helped his other selves to conquer worlds. And he, and he had a telepathic connection to all his duplicates. And that was his main thing, is he could communicate with all these different realities. Right. But in this issue, Glum kind of spells it out like he has powers like way above beyond what we had ever thought. Like, I don't know. It's kind of cool. It's exciting. Yeah, I, I always thought Dark Lord was kind of a big mystery. Like, we never knew the whole story, so... I wasn't too jarring to me. Like, I felt like it all makes sense. I'm okay with it. Yeah, it doesn't seem out of place because he is that powerful that I totally accepted it. We get another uh, full kind of page of Dragon and Alex talking about what's going to happen with them. I do like the scene. It's just another one of kind of Eric drawing Chicago in the background. So they're like on the beach along, I guess, Lake Michigan. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a cool little scene, especially the backgrounds. I just enjoy that. Um, something you don't. I, Go I, ahead. I kind of wonder if Chicago even it, it actually looks like that from like a vantage point. Yeah, it does look something like that. Have you ever been? Or I've never been to Chicago. Yeah, I mean it's right on the water, right on the lake there, and they do have a, yeah. a beach line. And it looks, I mean, maybe the city doesn't look exactly like that, but right, right, but the, right. Yeah. the beach and you can walk and see the city from like that viewpoint. Okay. Before we uh, jump too much into this, I just want to give shout outs to the previous page. My favorite sound effect, the last panel, bathroom. <laughs> oh, okay. Whoa. I thought you were going to say, there's a, there's a sound effect, bathroom. <laughs> bathroom <laughs> it's 
good. It's good. Okay, back to the yeah. This is a uh, fan, I like the composition here. You don't see a lot of Chicago from this side in the book. Yeah, yeah. I like. I'm rooting for these two guys. Yeah, yeah. That's what the conversation is about. It's just how unlikely poor Alex has been burnt so much. I don't know. I'm rooting for him. Right. You say, right. why do you like Alex? She's the Maxine of Dragon. Like, for Savage Dragon, like Old Man Dragon, she was the Maxine. So, you know, I was always rooting for her to, you know, seal the deal. Yep. Speaking of Maxine, we get that next scene where she meets uh, Jennifer. <laughs> where she, where she, she grabs, like, very overtly. hugs her and goes, squishy, squishy. Gold. Comedy gold. She's like Maxine is so blunt and she has no filter. It's great. And did you notice she's wearing a 69 shirt? <laughs> <laughs> yes, dude. <laughs> I love the just the ultimate mother daughter combo. That's funny, dude. I love how like Maxine's got no filter and it's so awkward for Angel. And it's like, Angel. oh yeah, Angel. <laughs> Jennifer's the one who's like. Not handling it well. And that was a great yeah. Jennifer moment, right? Because Jennifer's such an uptight yeah. loser, but here it plays because she's the straight man to Maxine's. It, it's funny. It's good. Right. She just goes out and I suppose Angel spilled the beans about our threesome and foursome. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would you say that? And then shows her the baby. Imagine Jennifer learning about her grandchild in that way. Well, she learned from Angel in the previous scene, but... Right, right. Meeting her grandchild yeah, yeah, yeah. that way. <laughs> right. like, don't let him get a hold of your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about it until this panel, but uh, it is kind of funny if you think about it. The um, kids do inherit their mother's eyes. Yeah. Malcolm has brown eyes. Yep. So that's kind of just a funny little touch. And then we also get the, the next scene with uh, Marsha uh, Bradley. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of talking with Dragon at a cafe, and he kind of confirms that they're somewhat like uh, have the same mother. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, yeah, kinda. it's a rapture is the alternate rapture is uh, her mother. And there's a very, there's a very straightforward way to describe that. They have the same genetic. Yeah. But her and Kevin Gorlick, uh, Thunderhead, Thunderhead are really our our half brother and sister for real. Yep. Right. And she meets him and I love, love, love Skullface. I'm Thunderhead. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, his character is just amazing because I love whenever people meet him, you would think in the real world, people's first reaction would be like disgust, like, Oh my God, it's hideous, you know, but everybody <laughs> loves him and everyone thinks he's so handsome. I'm not going to lie in real life. He'd probably be horrifying, <laughs> like on a fundamental level, prime, prime, primeval. Uh, but, but in drawings, it works a lot better, a lot more dapper. <laughs> I think it's good to have a variety of reactions. I, I like that she thinks he looks cool when she meets him for the first time. Because, I mean, he is a cool visual. Yeah, definitely. So it makes sense that she would think he looks cool. Like, I always said, like, if uh, 
Thunderhead hooked up. They, it was kind of indicated that he was having trouble with girls or having trouble holding his job because of his looks. But right. it was like, dude, there's got to be somewhere where, you know, like if he was a bouncer at a club, they would fucking love his ass because he just looked so badass. <laughs> yeah, but then, then you get the... There, there, there's always been like a subtext of like racism against freaks in the Savage Dragon Right, world. that's true. So there's that working against you too. It's not just how you look, it's also being a superhuman that everyone... Basically, the vicious circle ruined it for everyone. Oh, right, 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 right. Yep. I, I love this page. Uh, it gave me a little chuckle. There's like... The second to last panel is Thunderhead holding, uh, giving a hug to Masha, and he's like, "You're lovelier than Malcolm described," and she's like, "This is the best day ever." And then the last panel on the page is just no words. It's just Malcolm <laughs> looking on in approval. Man, I love my job. <laughs> bringing people together. Hmm. I also, I also thought that was funny. <laughs> just Malcolm. I hope all of reality doesn't shatter while I'm standing here. Uh. <laughs> Doesn't say a word, just stares on. This is some good family reunion. And speaking of family reunions, you get the next scene where Angel and the and uh, Jennifer are kind of on the in the Malcolm's apartment with all the kids, and the kids are just playing. What the hell is Maxine doing on the couch? What, what, what do you think <laughs> like what and then like the first panel is really obvious and then you can see it the second panel <laughs> like... i love that as if you didn't know in panel one there was even better in panel two <laughs> i'm getting really worried about maxine i think there's something wrong with her Poor girl. <laughs> yeah. She's like like superhuman wise like like magic wise like something like has happened you know that's She's being driven crazy by some outside Here's force. Here's the thing, though. I was I was like, it's some so dorky am I. I was driving and thinking about it. All right. If anybody ever had any kind of, like, question about, like, her behavior or whatever, like, oh, isn't she too much? It, like, you got to think what's cool about Maxine is that she is a normal person, right? So yeah. imagine all of a sudden you're this normal person and you're hooked up with just surrounded by supermodels. Right, who okay. are all sexually available to you pretty much, apparently. I mean, yes. I don't know. I don't think it's that unrealistic to think of her as being that way. Most. So you think she's been overstimulated? <laughs> yeah, I mean, imagine. It's like she was the hot dog on the stick friend back in high school. <laughs> and now all of a sudden... She's like surrounded by these sexy, sexy people that she has access to all the time. I don't know. It's like when I learned David Duchovny had a sex addiction. I was like, of course he does. (laughs) (laughs) He's David Duchovny. Sure. I'm sure he does. But uh, I don't know. I don't think Maxine's predicament here. At first I was with you, Jim. I was like, oh, no. All right, you know what? I can actually accept that explanation. It actually makes some I, sense. I was like, I was with you, though. I was like, oh, no, like, what's the setup here? Like, is she going to be, like, possessed by the fiend or something? Like, the sex fiend? Or the sex fiend. That'd be a good name. <laughs> I said, is, what, what's, what's going to be happening here? But then I thought about it more, and I was like, you know, is it really that unbelievable to think? I don't know. That was my thought. That's my thoughts on that. I like how the kids are ripping the teddy bear apart. (laughs) 
got to learn early. <laughs> if Zach was here, he'd say, Amy's evil, evil little shite. <laughs> so we, uh, we cut back to the scene where uh, Malcolm and Thunderhead and Marsha are all talking and she's filling them in about uh, the new freak force which we'll talk about that Mighty Man issue on another FinCast. But uh, really cool to see Freak Force kind of getting back together and Marsha taking over the Rapture role. Tied right into the book, too. I love that, like, you know, Freak Force or Mighty Man did its thing, and then, like, they're talking about it here in Savage Dragon. Yeah. Awesome. How cool is there's a panel for the listener on this page where they're talking at the cafe and all of a sudden this laser blast hits the building. You see a car flying. You see a guy's body go flying. Very, very cool image. Damn it. Another day in Chicago. <laughs> of course they jump into action. But, uh, I, I like, I like Marsha's outfit in terms of the fact that she can just throw a shirt on top of it. And it looks like, yoga. Yeah, yeah, very cool. It's like the best, Agreed. It's funny because Larson was giving practical costumes hell, but that is that is as right. practical as it gets. Well, I don't it's know. Until you see her bike shorts and a, and until you see the massive wedgie on her backside, but well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, if it need... actually, that's a weird coloring thing. Did she take her pants? Yeah, off? that's funny. I just mentioned that. They just... <laughs> Holy shit! She did just take her pants. Okay, oh, but you know what? On I the splash I... page, they're off too. They are. So they were removed at some point between these last two pants. I kind of like the pants. I kind of prefer the pants now. I I don't know why she's not wearing the pants. You know me. Go for the wedgie. Okay. Gotta have two pants, one wedgie. I think it needs said that that is some killer dialogue where they talk about Rapture being a hooker name. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. Well, stripper or name. stripper name, yeah. Well, no, he says hooker name. He says hooker name, but it's I say it's more of a stripper name. <laughs> it could be both. <laughs> I guess it's about the same thing. It could be both. It could, <laughs> small distinction, I suppose. Rapture. I, I think it could double. No, it's good stuff though. I like the conversation that Alex and Dragon are having when it cuts back, and he's like trying shirts on, and it's like you never really thought about it. Like when he was huge, like all he could wear was. Like football jerseys, or like uh, specially made shirts. It and is now funny. He, he can finally buy regular shirts. Finally, I can finally go to the men's section. And I, I like how like Alex kind of brings up to the point up the point. Like to us, he looks super scrawny, but he's really pretty well built dude. Still, you know, he's just not, you know, super disproportionate like he used to be. And you know, a hilarious right. moment that popped into my mind when I read this panel is, uh, I, I know Jim likes wrestling. Probably we have some wrestling fans out there. Craig, do you know the wrestler Mankind? Yes. So you know Mankind looks dinky compared to other wrestlers? In yes. real life, he is a mountain of a man. Sure. And so when I was reading this, I was like, yep, it's the Mankind effect. That's why you got to put birds to show perspective, <laughs> to show Birds. scale. <laughs> Birds on everything. Birds show scale. I like oh, it. Goodness. In art. I like it. 
I like this dialogue. How about um how about that splash page where oh my it's God. all of them fighting? The coloring job again. I love the contrast of the lightning powers to like the red sky and it just yes. draws your eyes to the different corners of the, the page. And uh one thing I gotta laugh and it's a great comic book convention and it looks really good but when you stop and think about it you kind of laugh about it is that you've got all these like dimension x characters flying in in spaceships and like crazy technology and then they all have like spears with like stone arrowheads tied to them (laughs) (laughs) i didn't even think about it until you said it it. looks awesome it's a great great visual but when you think about it you're like hmm (laughs) cavemen in space Space barbarians. Some of them <laughs> loincloths. That one dude has pants. <laughs> that one? Oh, oh dear. So look at the guy that uh, Jennifer is punching. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Jim said, oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. I did not even notice that, dude. <laughs> uh, for a listener, you got to look at the splash page. I'm not going to describe it. Just yeah, let that be a little finger quote surprise for them (laughs) (laughs) you said finger quote something you might oh that's hilarious good eye jim way to go eagle eye this is a great splash though man got quiet (laughs) this is a great splash page i mean which one the the uh, double just the double yeah back to back right Oh, well, that one's good, too. Uh, just still, like, just praising that one last time before yeah, we move yeah, yeah. Great. Oh, my God, killer. And to see, just again, we talk about, you know, the way Larson paces the book, but just to, like, have the, you know, it's jumping between all the characters, and then, boom, they're all on one splash page, and it brings it all together. Yep. Beautiful. Beautiful comic telling. Anyway, moving right along. The other splash page. Back, meanwhile, in Dimension X. Glum kind of heading towards Dark Lord's lair is a great splash page. You'll love, like, the kind of half-torso of that alien and then, I don't know, all the tech and stuff. It's really cool stuff going on, like that giant robot all destroyed, like, on the lower end of the page. Yeah, that weird eyeball type thing that's, like, on the low part of the page. Eyeball, huh? Whatever. It's like an organ connected by, like, uh, you didn't think wood. it was a testicle? Ah. Uh, <laughs> alien <kidding>. testicle. <laughs> Giant testicle right there. <laughs> no, it's good. This is a killer. Anytime you get Dimension X, like, sign me up, man. I gotta ask you, though. Somebody, it was, it was, it was noted that I was not more critical. So I'm gonna be critical. Where in this do, is the layer? What, what in this is the layer? Is it that thing Glum is right directly in front of? Is it a... I think it's all that techno stuff on yeah, the right yeah, hand yeah. side of the page. So the layer is like the entirety of that? Yes, that's... Yeah, okay. I think what we're looking at here is all the dead, like, people who tried to, like, break okay. in. Okay. Or the defense systems, got, either got, or. Yeah, either okay. or. Who got repelled. Either those who got repelled by the defense systems or the defense systems themselves. Okay, okay. Yeah, that was the only thing, is when I envisioned a Forbidden Fortress, I kind of thought it would be shown more as a fortress, 
it seems like sort of the fortress is more off panel on this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I think the goal, it it does seem like there might've been a second half of this that didn't get drawn. I don't know. I think that's, I think the goal here was just to show all the debris of like past attackers or the defense systems. Um, I will just say that I hope at some point we, um, unless the idea is that it is always just too big to even show on one page, but it would be kind of awesome to see the fortress at a distance. Yeah, I agree. That was it. That's my lone niggle to pick. I like the, um, the battle that's going on back on earth. And, uh, we kind of see kind of a squabble between a quick one between dragon and Malcolm when he's like, what are you doing? (laughs) <laughs> and it's like, what does it look like I'm doing? It, says, it looks like you're fighting the ground game. You know, it basically tells him you got to get up in the air and take out those ships. Mm-hmm. I know we've never seen that before in an issue where they kind of just, you know, almost like Dragon chastising him. He's kind of like teaching him a lesson, and Malcolm's kind of learning from Dragon. I, I kind of like that exchange. Very cool moment. Loved it. Of course, uh, you know, he sort of promised that. Uh, that would be the role of Dragon, to be sort of a mentor character. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to see that come to fruition here. I love Malcolm flying through the air with bloodied fists. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Speaking about killer visuals, like I think Marsha looking cooler on the previous page than Rapture ever looked. Oh, yeah, with the hand kind of outstretched with like all the bolts coming off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. And, and then uh, we get awesome. No, I was just going to say this next page. Awesome. <laughs> Inside Dark Lord's Lair. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's so cool. Like all the screens and monitors and the coloring. It's just, I love those purples and blues. Mm hmm. All the Jennifers. Yeah, it's amazing. And I, I think some of those are raptures too, the ones with the dark hair. Really? I don't maybe. know. I just see maybe Jennifer. Just, but maybe it's just shade. I think it's just Jennifer. Because it kind of looks like they got dark hair with the white tuff in the front. The one right next to the first Jennifer. I see uh, what yeah. you see. I kind of see that. Although the rest of them appear to be blonde. No, no, I think you're right, Jim. I'm super... I think there are a few... I'm super in zooming in. I think there are some raptures. Hmm. Maybe. We'll see. Ooh, but you're right, Craig. The visuals just you instantly like have this unique. It's like visual. technology, that cool, the cool colors of like technology. Kind of, it's just great way to color things. Mm-hmm. And I love. I'm skipping ahead. Uh, I'll I'll save it. I'll save it until we get back. But okay, <laughs> go back to the you know the fight on Earth again. Just brutal fight. I love Smasher. Just punching that guy's face off basically it's just goes to show you her power how strong she is and again it's kind of like isn't that just kind of cooler almost yeah didn't like smasher in the past i don't know smasher's growing on me guys what the hell <laughs> it's weird i mean didn't she kick thor's ass like that i mean she, she didn't punch his damn eye out i don't know I don't it's kind of cool I, I, like, I gotta say, go ahead. Sorry. Or I was just gonna say, I like Mighty Man showing up too. Yeah, yeah, something we haven't yeah. seen in a while, besides that one shot, but in the the pages of Dragon. 
And I got to say, as this issue wraps up, it wraps up in a gorgeous way on this fight. I mean, we're getting to the point where you just see more and more of these villains from Dimension X, and they look hopelessly outnumbered. They're ravaged. They're, you know, our heroes are destroyed. Angels, like, you know, just been beaten down. She's got basically no clothes left, but she's <laughs> just holding her head kind of just, you can tell she's just destroyed. And Jennifer's just yelling, there's too many. You know, basically, uh, Alex seems kind of useless. She just can't do much without a gun or anything like that. And, you know, Malcolm desperately needs, desperately needs. Yeah. And Malcolm's off. just over his head. He can't kick them all on. And then we mm-hmm. also get the scene where, where, uh, Thunderhead is kind of running up to Maxine. And all of a sudden you see like the walls are crashing in on her. So I know what a great way to end the issue. Like, how are they going to get out of this? You know, they are, but what's, you know, what's going to happen? How, how, how does this, and also, we didn't discuss the fact that Thunderhead was like, yeah, I'm wearing a new suit. Uh, sorry, I can't help you guys. Peace out. Right. Jerk. Well, uh, I will say this. This fight brings everyone together. That mm-hmm. matters. Yeah. And Mighty Man. <laughs> Who I'm, I'm pretty sure won't have a huge role in the next couple issues. Yeah. But it's nice to see. Yeah. But you, you've got... Dragon, Malcolm, Alex, Jennifer, Angel, even Thunderhead, Maxine. Oh, and uh, and uh, and uh, mm-hmm. Marsha. Yeah, even everyone's Marcia. affected. It's it's. So I imagine this is going to be ground zero of whatever. Happens I also next. love that the last panel of that fight with the debris coming down on Maxine ties visually right into the cover. Of 224. True. Yeah, yeah. In a sense, because we sort of interpreted that as like shattering glass. But in a way, it could be like crumbling debris, too. Gotcha. Yeah, definitely. Good yeah, stuff. Good, good way to end it. I mean, you just want to... I need to know what happens now, you know? I know, dude. And it just brings us to that last page where... You know, Glum is fumbling through all the tech. And I love, this is what I wanted to say before, and I held my tongue, but I love whenever, like, Larson draws a lot of tech, he always draws, like, cables on the floor, like, mm-hmm. connecting to things. Like, he he just has a way of doing that to make you kind of, like, see it's, like, all these different power sources that are connected. It's just, it's fun stuff. Oh, yeah. The art on this issue 10 out of 10 like this was firing on all cylinders yeah just a lot of fun this issue and this last page like well glum's gonna merge all these multiple universes now let's see how this goes and it's like there's just so much going on amazing amazing that he could have like five different scenes all connect towards the end or whatever you know three different scenes four different scenes even the—it's funny. Even just the impact of one panel of Glum talking about like, you know, Dark Lord's celestial engineering and all that stuff, merging and you know, nudging and twisting the earths and stuff. Just—it's it, funny because it's just such like a throwaway detail, and yet it's like got ramifications. You know what I mean? Yep. So cool. This was a great episode <laughs> issue. Fucking fantastic. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, this is going to be a great storyline. I think, you know, I'm really looking forward to the next two issues to see how this resolves itself. But uh, bravo, good stuff. I'm possibly too hyped. Yeah. It's very exciting. Jim, where are you feeling? Where, where's your level? I'm probably more interested in next okay. issue. This one's good setup, but I'm more interested in the payoff. I feel you. Overall, I mean, it's a great issue, good fight scene. Like I said, all the characters come together that we know and we love. Good stuff. Just, uh, just really uh, looking forward to what happens mm-hmm. next. Yep. And I hope it's real bad for everyone. <laughs> Changes everything forever. I'm, I'm chewing my nails off in anticipation, man. I'm so scared. You know everybody could potentially be on the chopping block. So what you guys think of the Carl Cosmic backup story? <laughs> no, one, <laughs> no one jumps up. <laughs> it um was interesting. What did you think of it, Craig? Uh, I don't know. I couldn't really understand it. I, I'd hate to say. I, I mean, maybe you guys can enlighten me. I'm, I'm seeing Carl. What do you? What do you? What do? What do you? I'm think thinking he's kind on. of lost. But I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm an idiot. So maybe you guys should just tell me so I don't make a fool of myself for not understanding what's going on. But my guess was he's lost, and I don't know. I, I'm not sure. That, that was my interpretation as well. Is that he does not know where he is. And all, all this farmland all looks the same. Yes. And so what he's trying to do is he's flying in directions looking for landmarks, can't find anything, so he decides to fly higher to get a better look at things, but instead finds cloud cover and then runs out of air. I am glad that you explained that, because I actually didn't know uh, why Carl flew so high. I, I gathered that he flew too high, and ran out of air and then passed out and landed. But as dumb as it sounds, I didn't get it that he was lost. I, I was just like, why is he flying from the left to right at the end of the poon? I just completely, like, I dummied up on this, uh, like, whole, I'm a nincompoop, I didn't get it. I think, I'm guessing, well, I think Eric said he drew this while on the plane. So I'm guessing he looked out his window and all he saw was farmland for miles and imagined if you were a flying superhero, you would be freaking lost because everything looks the same, like Jim said. <laughs> and, and then it sense. made sense when you said he flies way up, but then his cloud cover, so he gets pissed off and he loses oxygen. It crashes back down and still can't find his way around. So that that makes sense to me. It took a little bit of help from friends, but. <laughs> well, I get it now, and now that I get it, it's actually pretty clever. I uh, just did, I'll admit, I, I didn't quite get it. I like Carl's visual. Have we seen, have we, have we seen Carl before? Yeah. He was in, um, uh, what was he in? I can't tell you what he was in, but he beat up the monster that turned out to be a baby. And he was like, oh, I'm just a little baby. And Carl's like, uh-oh, and flies off. Because <laughs> he beat up a baby, essentially. Okay. So Carl's played for laughs, anyway. Uh, he was in the Herculean uh, when it was re-released as a 48-page comic. I think he was in that. Okay. 
I might I need to pull think. out my copy of that. Maybe not. I don't think it was Next Issue Project. I think you're right. He wasn't Next Issue Project, and he wasn't Giant Size Kung Fu Bible Story, so it must have been Herculean. I Maybe. think it was I Herculean, because uh, Kung Fu Bible Stories uh, had the old house. That was Larson's contribution right. to Kung Fu Bible Stories, so uh, it was Herculean, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think I think we're right. Although... Kung Fu Bible Stories was definitely the house. That was the Scooby-Doo. Because if you remember, that was like for so long, it was like, oh, what's the Scooby-Doo mansion? And so I remember when Kung Fu Bible Stories hit, that was the big deal. It was like, oh, we finally got to see the Scooby-Doo issue. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it was Herculean. I'm looking it up now. Nine. It came out once as Image 2-in-1 with a Chris E. story and a Herculean story. But then years later, he republished the Herculean story in color, I believe, and added a bunch of stuff from, like, the Pop Gun series, I think, and Herculean. Okay. Yeah, Carl Cosmic's not on the wiki. And a hamburger for a head and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm not sure he's in, like, the Dragon universe, honestly, but... Carl's kind of a jokes character, so I mean, I wouldn't imagine. I, you know, I don't mean to poo-poo on Carl Cosmic. I actually, like I said, really like his visual and would like to see more. But, uh, you know, I'm a dumb guy. I I thought Fountainhead was, uh, you know, pissing lasers out of his eye, so I, uh, you know, didn't understand. Pissing lasers out of his eye. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't quite get that Carl was lost. Well, you remember, even Herculean was kind of a, it was a 24-hour kind of joke in a way comic, and he ended up becoming a member of the SOS years later, Eric put him in the comic. So I wouldn't put it. Yeah. yeah he? he died. I thought Herculean died at the end of that. Yeah. Story. But he ended up going, being in, uh, in, uh, Savage Dragon. I don't know if it's an alternate universe or, Hmm. Uh, let me see if he's got a list. Yeah, he does. I would yeah. like to see Carl show up. Uh, I know that in, sounds funny, but I wouldn't put it past Eric. He was in one sixty five. Uh, Herculean in issue 165 as SOS member. Huh. I guess I do remember seeing him. He's got a cool visual and he can fly and clearly is strong enough to pass out, fall to Earth, and get right back out of the crater. So, uh, yeah, it'd be cool to see Carl show up in the main pages. I'm okay with that. Cooler still, cooler still if like, uh, you know, everyone else was rendered normal style, and like Carl was just rendered the way he is here, just clean. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. clean. And <laughs> just like real thin pencils. Yeah, just real thin. No, no hatching. <laughs> so killer issue, huh? How, yeah. How about that? My God. So should we talk about the next episode? I think that we shall. So, on the next episode. Mighty Man One-Shot Review. Seven-year-old Betty Bradford has inherited the mantle of the world's mightiest man. Now she trains to take on the role of the world's greatest superhero and faces her biggest challenge ever. And that's that. Nice. I gotta go piss. That's a... I gotta go piss lasers now. This is a (laughs) long episode. (laughs) This was meat and potatoes. Oh, like. I get a pee so bad. Meat and potatoes. But I'm going to so tough bad. it out. Sorry. <laughs>
<laughs> You're for the listener, I'm here for you. <laughs> I'm doing the pee-pee dance while we speak. This was the origin of Fountainhead. Mm-hmm. He was a podcaster. <laughs> Way too long. <laughs> Good episode. I, I don't know how long this is going on now. Maybe two hours. Uh, clocks, clocks is two and a half. All right, listeners. So hopefully, you know, you can listen to us in parts. You know, save it <laughs> for your whole week commute. But uh, uh, I enjoy. Awesome. I, there was a lot to go through. I'm glad we went through it all. I'm glad we read the letters. It was really interesting to talk about people's responses. Um, this epi- this issue was amazing. One of my favorite podcasts uh, that podcasts that we've done probably just because of all the content. Yeah. Um, but had a good time. You know what we never What's talked that? about? The cover to 223. The cover. <laughs> oh, when we... Well, we talked about the issue. We never talked about the I cover. I feel like we talked about it in previous fancasts. It's just... I just wanted to bring up that when this issue... When this cover was solicited, I assumed because of events that were going on at the time that Malcolm would have been going to find Angel in Dimension X, mm-hmm. hence why they use this mm-hmm. design. But since Angel and Jennifer returned to Earth safely last issue, it's just kind of a weird cover now. <laughs> Doesn't really represent the contents, oh, except I... for a few brief scenes in Dimension X. With But Mom. I think it, it kind of does all right, right? I mean, it's... It's not saying it's not on Earth, so he's fighting a bunch. Of, he's like holding Angel, maybe while fighting the. It also works as like here's a scene from Earth in the background. Yeah, I and I, I guess it's just that Angel's still in her alternate Angel costume, and that's like two issues gone now. I don't know. I th- it's a great cover. I love the cover. I just thought that when we saw it, there'd be more to it, in terms of like cover content <laughs> well and it's a throwback to uh savage dragon trade volume nine worlds at war right is that what it was yes yeah it was dark lord on the cover and angel and dra- uh jennifer and dragon on the cover yeah which i think is great I, I mean it's it's a cool little callback for the fans of the series um but yeah i, I think like raven said not all some of the covers are a little misleading but i i kind of like that I don't like it to give away everything, but I think it works. And there's an alternate cover for 223. Right. The jo- the jock cover that was an April That's Fool's right. Day yep. gone reality. Right. It was first in a brand new direction, Scott Snyder and jock. Right. <laughs> Amazing. One of those names is excellent. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love, I love jock. Jock is great. Jock's real good. Very cool. Well, but uh, that that underbite. Craig's though, eyeballs are swimming, ladies and yes. gentlemen. We got to get him out of here. Sorry, Craig. <laughs> we got to get him out of here. <laughs> Had to get us at two hours and thirty minutes exactly, Craig. So I just got a bottle I'm peeing in as we talk as I talk right now. Hold on. <sighs> so once, once the, again, thanks shiver. for listening, Sorry. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure to send us those emails at savage. Dra- sa- sorry, savagefincast at gmail dot com. I've been Jim Purcell. I'm peeing my pants. Craig Olson. <laughs> and we'll and we'll we will see you next time. All right, no more recording.